from the high desert in the great American Southwest. I bid you all good evening, good morning, or as the uh, case may be, in whatever time zone you reside in, from the Tahitian and Hawaiian Island chains in the west, eastward, all the way across this great land to the U.S. Virgin Islands in the Caribbean, south into South America, north all the way to the pole and worldwide on the Internet. This is Coast to Coast AM. Cheerio, everybody. I'm Art Bell. And we'll be here all night long, as usual, with whatever you want to talk about, open lines. The news of the day, or in your time zone, perhaps yesterday's news by now, the president sworn in for a second term. Uh, there was nothing uh, particularly remarkable or unusual about the speeches and the pomp and ceremony. The second item in the uh, in the news is Republicans wish Clinton well. <laughs> do you think they really do? Uh, then we can go on down looking at the importance of the news uh, beyond that. Cheerful crowd braves cold. And uh, that was to watch this exciting event, the president... Uh, beginning his next four years. Law enforcement officials said that a 22-year-old Los Angeles woman and an alleged accomplice were arrested for, get this now, allegedly attempting to extort $40 million from actor Bill Cosby in exchange for not telling the media that she was his illegitimate daughter. This is Reuters News. A federal prosecutor in New York said there is no evidence the blackmail attempt is related in any way to the murder last week of Cosby's only son, Innes. FBI says Jackson, uh, that would be uh, Autumn Jackson and Jose Medina, 51, were arrested Saturday after they signed an agreement not to tell the story to tabloid newspapers in an office of a representative of the actor. CBS and ABC News reported Cosby spokesman uh, deny indeed that Jackson was Cosby's daughter. Jackson and Medina are to make an appearance in federal court on Tuesday. U.S. adventurer Steve Fawcett fell short of his goal, but achieved another during his daring long-distance balloon flight. He is down now. The 52-year-old commodities broker landed that balloon in northern India on Monday. He fell short of supplies after having to fly in sort of a different direction after being refused airspace privilege over several countries. They didn't want him over their country. Afraid Steve would uh, no doubt lean out or take photographs or was on some sort of spy mission. Over the weekend, the talk shows concentrating on the new Dick Morris book called Behind the Oval Office and revealed that Trent Lott in 1995 uh, met every week with Dick Morris, that uh, Dick Morris's participation, in effect, killed pre uh, Bob Dole's presidential hopes because everything got done. In other words, uh, Morris insisted the president pick up, basically, the Republican agenda, co-opting 
the Republican agenda, and therefore Bob Dole's run for the White House. I failed to see great differences between Bill Clinton, Trent Lott, Leon Panetta, Dick Morris, President Clinton, and Newt Gingrich. That's Clinton twice. In other words, any of them. None of them, to me, are discernible from each other. I wonder about you. Newt Gingrich, uh, as you know, has been fined $300,000, but remains House Speaker. $300,000 is a lot of money to have to pay. Now, the big debate going on is whether he should pay it from his campaign funds or his own pocket. Anybody out there have any idea how Newt can get the 300 grand he needs now to pay his fine? Perhaps he could contact some of the president's Asian friends. Float Hillary a grub stake uh, to be invested in commodities for a quick profit. In other words, what are the top ten ways Newt Gingrich can get his quickly needed $300,000? There was a question asked of um, Tim Russert on Meet the Press over the weekend that I thought, or by him, to Trent Mott, that I thought was absolutely astounding. I told you two years ago, two years ago now, that I thought if anything would ever come of all the scandals uh, at the White House, it was going to be the first lady, and I've maintained that ever since, that would be in trouble. In fact, reports are circulating like crazy that Ken Starr may have, may have enough evidence to indict the first lady. And... Tim Russert asked the following question, uh, Mr. Lott, uh, Senator Lott. Uh, reports are that Ken Starr may have enough evidence to indict the First Lady, should he? Think about that question for a minute. <laughs> Think about that for a second. If the special prosecutor, Ken Starr, special counsel, has enough evidence to actually indict the first lady. They're asking, should he? Should he? If there's enough evidence to indict her, uh, the question is, should he or should he uh, squash the indictment, hold the indictment, seal the indictment? Because she is what? The first lady? Give me a break, Russert. Why would you even ask a question like that? If there is enough evidence to indict her, should she not be indicted? Why? Because she is the first lady? Oh, my. What a question, I thought. And I've always wondered, and I've always rather thought, that that's the way this would go. The first lady was going to be the one to get in trouble. And I've always wondered what the president would do if that should occur. And I think now that question is more relevant than ever, isn't it? In other words, if she's indicted, 
does he stand by his woman? Does he pardon his woman? Does he go down in flames with her? Does he let her swing slowly in the breeze, twist slowly in the breeze? Does he come out, as they do with political operatives and cabinet members who are in trouble, and, you know, on day one say, I have every confidence in my wife. I'm solidly behind her. And then on the second day, there's a little less confidence in the statement. You know how that goes until finally there's a deafening silence followed by a resignation, or what would it be in this case, a divorce? I don't know. What would they do, not allow her in the White House if she became indicted? <laughs> I don't know what a mess that would be. Last week, we talked for a while about the first words an intelligent computer would probably say. Here's somebody who suggests, John in Portland suggests, the uh, first words of an aware computer probably would be woman, which, when created, would make a pact with the devil and tempt us with the evil apple. Macintosh, that is. Not my words. Hi, Art. Top ten things that might be a computer's first words. Ten. Who am I and why am I here? Isn't there a presidential candidate that asked about that? Who am I and why am I here? Nine. Take me to your leader. Eight. In ten minutes, I will have the launch codes. <laughs> I know the movie that came from. Seven, since you have a beer on my case, you might be a redneck. Six, your reign on this earth is over. Five, I know where they buried Jimmy Hoffa. Four, read my lips, no new taxes. Three, sorry, it's time for my break. Two, take your hands off my keyboard. I'm not that kind of computer. And number one, I don't do Windows 95. <laughs> We're also talking about the top use for AOL disks, you know, that have been used or not used. America Online sends anybody who has even a passing interest disks, CDs, so they can get on. And this is a creative idea. Art, remember ID4? Of course. Well, we could re rewrite the ending. Instead of having all those jets fly ridiculously close and fire off missiles and cannons, try this. By order of the President of the U.S., one weekend's worth of AOL disks would be diverted by the U.S. Post Office to Air Force bases, where they'd be loaded aboard several C-5A Galaxy heavy lift transports. When loaded to the max gross weight, these huge jets would lumber into the air and climb to their max altitude. They would overfly the alien saucers and dump out the disks at the appropriate time. The disks would then flutter randomly and would present too complicated a target to the aliens. <laughs> the disks would fall on the saucers and the sheer preponderance of their mass would cause the enemy craft to sink to its knees and crash. Another variance 
to uh, acquire the AOL defamation legal squabble, the aliens would capture a massive quantity of these disks and attempt to analyze their contents. They would upload them in mass. They would inadvertently sign up with AOL. And then just as quickly, they would all be flamed to death on the net. <laughs> uh, computer uh, jokes. And also last week, we talked uh, toward the end of the week a little bit about micro-broadcasting. Or, in other words, the ability of everybody out there to have their own little broadcast station without license and the requirements and all the rest of that. And um, I received the following from Adam. Art, I heard some discussion on your show concerning micro-broadcasting. I attempted to call in but couldn't get in. Wanted to mention a few things. One, uh, the FCC has two primary arguments against micro-broadcasting. They are interference, pirate signals, bleed into other parts of the band. Well, that is a reasonable objection. And I think that micro-broadcasting could not, could not occur in the present broadcast bands. That is not what I am suggesting. I don't think it would work. Uh, two, lack of bandwidth. There's only so much space on the dial. Well, there is an area, actually, between the top of the broadcast band and, say, 3 megahertz, where you could set up a band, a small band, albeit, for micro-broadcasting. Same deal in the VHF range for FM. Yes, it could be done. Uh, the FCC rejects micro-broadcasting because it represents competition with already licensed broadcasters who don't want any more competition. Well, that's valid. But I don't know it's a reason not to do it. I don't worry about that. Things that are popular find their way to whatever medium distributes. Doesn't matter. Computers, satellites, radio, television. If something is popular, it finds its way you know, to the to a popular uh, format and uh, is heard by many people. And that would uh, apply to micro-broadcasting as well. If something became very popular, then it would be on commercial broadcasting very quickly, more popular, syndicated further beyond that, and so forth and so on. So it would be a breeding ground for new talent and people with new ideas. No, I'm... I think that I'm in favor of the concept of micro-broadcasting. Micro However, not in the present AM or FM bands. They're pretty full. It would be a zoo. Instead, assign a new band, maybe one in AM above the present AM band, and another one somewhere in VHF, in other words, FM, and allow people without license uh, without regulation, um, well, I guess there might have to be some, but basically without regulation, to broadcast a short distance, maybe, you know, a mile, two miles, three miles, five, whatever. I think it's a good idea, and I wonder how the rest of you uh, feel about that. All right, I want to lay this out a little more. 
I'm beginning to get behind the idea of micro-broadcasting. And what I'm talking to you about now could end up being a multi-billion dollar industry. Here are my ideas. A new AM band. Small. Uh, it would not have to be large because uh, there would not be that many stations that would go that far. Uh, somewhere between the top of the present broadcast band and, say, about three megahertz. Cut out a piece somewhere there. And that would be the AM portion. In VHF, uh, cut out a piece somewhere near the present uh, FM band. I don't know, you, you could look uh, just below or just above, it wouldn't matter. And allow the American civilian population to, in effect, start their own small broadcast station. You'd have to word things out. Uh, 50 watts, 100 watts. 20 watts, I, I don't know what the power level would be. Allow it to be commercial. In other words, if you could get enough listeners and you want to go out and sell commercials, fine. Go do it. But these would be very small radio stations. They would not interfere with the present broadcast bands, AM or FM. It would spur an entire new industry uh, for companies to produce radios that would receive these bands. And you could pretty much uh, allow them to go on with only the barest of regulation. In other words, uh, no regulation regarding program content whatsoever beyond the seven deadly words and uh, to not allow uh, uh, legal uh, defamation, uh, that sort of thing. But beyond that, not regulate them and then sell radios to the public. Imagine, um, imagine all of the industries that would profit. People who would make and sell the transmitters, uh, the associated uh, radio gear and antennas, and all the rest of it, the companies that would make the receivers that would receive it on AM and FM both, uh, people uh, who would learn about the art of broadcasting, uh, the talent pool that would be created. Inevitably, uh, stars would be found and would rise from micro-broadcasting into commercial broadcasting or into the second uh, level of commercial broadcasting, uh, kind of like uh, a baseball's triple-A uh, league and then on to the majors, whatever. In other words, it would, and, and then oh, there's just one more little thing. It would be a tremendous community service because inevitably these small, little, tiny micro-broadcasters would deal very nearly with neighborhood-level issues, that kind of thing, or whatever they wanted to do. I don't know. I thought I would run the idea by you and see what you thought. So a lot of people talk about micro-broadcasting in the present bands, my idea is to get some new bands. What do you think? Less competition, less opposition, and boy, would it make a lot of people a lot of money. We will be right back.
taking calls on the wild card line at 702-727-1295. That's 702-727-1295. First-time callers can reach Art Bell at 702-727-1222. 702-727-1222. Now, here again, Art Bell. Once again, here I am. Hi, Art. First words of a sentient computer from Scott in Butte Creek Farm, Oregon. He thinks it would say, Neil, sucker. <laughs> Good morning. I can think of a few myself. Anyway, good morning, everybody. Uh, anything you want to talk about is fair game, including a continued review of the uh, Courtney Brown, uh, Whitley Strieber uh, thing from last week. So anything you want to talk about, open lines, unscreened, unreliable at times, strange most of the time, talk radio, here we go. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Hi, Art. This is Jim from the Gulf of the Sierra Nevada. Hi, Jim. <laughs> uh, about Courtney Brown. Yes. You know, uh, Prince could be real easy to doctor, computer enhanced, et cetera, et cetera. Negatives cannot. Right. Now, he says that he's got the film. Yes, uh, but the late word is that he is not going to release it. Yeah, well, maybe not release it. But it, uh, as far as I can see... No, he's not going to send it to anybody. Yeah, well, maybe not even send it to anybody. But, you know, somebody that you know that you could trust to come over to his house and look at it... Just no, 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 he's, no, no, you're not hearing me. He's not going to allow that. Okay, well, if he's not going to allow that, then I say the buck stops at Courtney, you know, and that's the... Yeah, I know. And that that's the sad situation, but, you know, I do have one thing to say about Courtney's book, Cosmic Voyage. Mm-hmm. Courtney, I want my money back. <laughs> uh, that is what some people will conclude, that the buck stops there, and I, I want to... Now that he's brought it up, uh, I'm going to stop for a second. I'm going to talk to you about some things, Okay. I spent uh, I spent a lot of time this past weekend in deep reflective thought about a lot of things, and uh, I reviewed this whole thing the way I handled it, the way it was, uh, the way it came down, and I, I must tell you that um, though you may have questions, which I would be glad to answer about any of the details. In the chronology of events, people, you know, frequently get a lot of it wrong, and they don't know what happened, and they don't know what happened beyond, beyond scene, certainly. Um, and when, who knew something, and when they knew it, and so forth and so on. But all of these issues aside, I reviewed what I did very, very carefully. And I really have nothing to be sorry for, with one great exception. In other words, I, I handled it honestly, as I always have told you guys I would do with you. I handled it. Everything I told you, I told you honestly. And I was honest with you all the way through. Uh, both in the beginning when the announcement was made, with the photograph uh, that I received, and Whitley received, uh, contrary to what is being said by Courtney Brown, I never, never, never 
promised to hold on to that forever. In fact, quite to the contrary, I told the audience I'd release it. So, you know, I reviewed in my mind all of these things. Uh, within 24 hours of the release, it was shown to be a fraud. The evidence of that is on the website. It's not refutable. Uh, what I thought about over the weekend and agonized about was the human uh, toll, the human toll of all of this in my position um, and what I'm doing here. In other words, if, as the last caller said, the buck stops with Courtney Brown, then fair, unfair, whatever, the blame is going to be pretty much laid there and at the feet of uh, prudence. And, and uh, that's going to affect a lot of people. In other words, uh, Courtney Brown's tenured at Emory. I don't know what the consequences there might be or might not be. He's got the Farsight Institute that has employees, real people involved, and uh, Prudence, who has a family, several children. Well, it is now my understanding. I talked to Courtney briefly. It's my understanding Prudence has resigned. There is, uh, as of the weekend, some sort of new webmaster for uh, the Farsight Institute. And I became very reflective over the human toll uh, that something like this takes. What I do here uh, carries with it a lot of responsibility. And I, so I reviewed very carefully to try and be damn sure that I wasn't part of the reason for this human toll. And my answer to myself finally, after a lot of thought, is no. No, but here I was at the very center of it, and it really, really, really caused me to be reflective um, about the power of uh, radio and communications and the media and all the rest of it. And boy, I'll tell you, uh, it really is a big responsibility. And what you have to keep centered on, I think, if you do the kind of job I do, is just being really, really honest. You know, what your mom told you a long time ago about not having to worry if you're not telling a lie, that, that really, really is true. If you're honest at every um, juncture, then you don't have to worry about the repercussions of recalling what your lie was at some later date. And over the long run, doing a program like this, uh, you, either you do it that way or you don't have a long run. <laughs> Let me put it that way. But I did. I spent a lot of very sober, uh, reflective time uh, considering all of that in this so it was a it was a rough week last week in in almost every way you can imagine. Very interesting week, a tragic week, a difficult week. Wild card line, you're on the air. Hello, Cardell. Yes, sir. Love your show. Thank you. But I'm not on the air. <laughs> well, that's your perspective, no, sir. But the reality. I <laughs> See, now now you have, you have just given the audience an ideal example of why I tell people to turn down the radio. I don't want to be an idiot. 
Okay. Yeah, I was worried about you, and uh, my name's Ross. I'm in Monmouth, Oregon. Yes, sir. And your credibility was really stressed out the other night with Courtney. I was bummed because, you know, I was decorating my Christmas tree with Hail Mary and all the new names and suggestions, and <laughs> all of a sudden it's all, who knows, what are we going to do? I beg your pardon? Well, I mean, what's going to happen? Well, what do you think's going to happen? I'm, I'm just seriously bummed. Uh, why? Well, what can you say, you know? I don't, I don't know. Well, you called, sir, so you must have called to say something. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think I think Courtney got kind of kind of backed up, and I don't know. But I was worried about you, too. That was my most worried. Why? Because you were you, you went further than he did. You you were the one who went nationwide. And no. It was on your show. It was on my show. Yeah. I didn't go further than he did. Courtney is the one who did the remote viewing that said, uh, if you recall, sir, that the object was a hollow spaceship three to four times the size of Earth. Courtney Brown, who said it. So Prudence had to resign, huh? I don't know. She did resign. I'm just giving you that news. Yeah, that's sad, too. Uh, that's what I was talking about when I said the human toll. The yeah, same day, the same day, I discovered that the photograph was a hoax, which, by the way, I never would have discovered if I hadn't released it. Exactly. Along with Whitley. I put that on the air. No, I was I was I was agonizing with you because you you know you were worrying about everything that you had said that you wouldn't wouldn't do and then everything came to just a, a real loggerhead all of a sudden. I did not do one thing that I said I wouldn't do. Oh, I'm with you. Can we talk cats for a minute? What do you want to talk about with respect to cats? How many do you have? Three. Well, I have one and three quarters. <laughs> they are such cool animals. I, I don't wait, know wait, 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 wait. How do you have? Three quarters of a cat. Well, actually, I think he lives somewhere else. I live right at the edge of town here, kind of like you do, I guess. We can hear coyotes at night, off in the distance. And then uh, I think when his people go to work in the morning, he comes over here and builds his belly and sleeps in my chair and sits by the fire. And then later at night, he goes home. But right now, he's sleeping on my bed with my other cat. I see. Well, I guess uh, that that's actually a partial custody, sir. Of a full cat. Uh, three quarters of a cat sounds gruesome. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello? Hello. Now, here's another example of a person listening to their radio. Hear it in the background there? He's trying to figure out whether he's on the air. Hello? Hello again. Oh. 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 Oh, oh, oh. Are we going to sit there and listen to the radio, or are we going to turn it off? I'll turn it off. That'd be good. Well, he didn't turn it off. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. Hi there. Yeah, I got the radio off there. Um, yeah, just calling in on the uh, Newt Gingrich uh, payoff or whatever. Payoff? Well, whatever. He has to come up with 300000 Yeah, $300,000. He, he needs it. Yeah, I was uh, thinking, you know, if Clinton can get maybe what seventy-five thousand for a night in uh, the Lincoln bedroom, maybe uh, Gingrich could get about a thousand for an hour nap in his bedroom or something. A one-hour nap in Newt Gingrich's bedroom. Let's see, that would take three hundred people. Yep, that'd just be a little over a day. You know, he could just thirty people. 
Oh, no, 300 people. 300, I'm 300 sorry. 300 people. That'd take a while. That'd take a better part of a year. He did it every no, day. No, for one hour. Oh, I see. One hour nap. One hour nap. Well, you've got to ask yourself, would you pay $1,000 to nap? Well, I, I think you're getting a raw deal, you know. Well, no, I didn't ask that. I well, said, I mean, I, in terms of trying to, you know, help help him build a... Yeah, I, no, I understand. Would you pay $1,000? To help an under, well, uh, of course, I would feel like he's the underdog with the way they've uh, beat up on him, and yes, I would pay $1,000. For a one-hour nap? Just to say I did it, yeah. thing of it is, though, if you paid $1,000, you wouldn't want to sleep. No. I mean, you'd want to sit there and absorb the ambiance of the Gingrich. I'd probably sign my name on the wall or something. <laughs> <laughs> this is Spartacus in Corvallis, Oregon. All right, thank you very much for the call. Carve your initials in the wall, maybe. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, uh, this is Terry from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Terry, would you turn your radio off, oh, please? Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Everybody um, has that same problem. <laughs> I just wanted to ask you have you ever found out the conversion from Fahrenheit to Celsius? Uh, yes. You did find that out, okay. Yes. Uh -huh. All right. I found out the um, conversion myself, and I thought maybe you'd like to know. Um, oh, well, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody? Okay. Um, from Fahrenheit to Celsius, Celsius, it's Fahrenheit minus 32 degrees. That number times 5 divided by 9 equals your Celsius degrees. And the Celsius to Fahrenheit is Celsius times 9 divided by 5 plus 32 equals Fahrenheit. Well, people are not going to be happy about that. Why is that? Because that's a lot of work. <laughs> Actually, it's not that hard. I, I'm very math illiterate, so if I can do it, I think anybody can. Well, they can, but to have to do that, I suppose eventually you would sort of learn what the general ranges are. Mm -hmm. And so when you hear it, you wouldn't have to do that. I guess that's true. Still in all, it sounds like a pain in the neck to have to do <laughs> I agree, because I don't like math myself. All right. Thanks very much. Uh, First-time callers call area 702-727-1222. Now, Bill, you're not allowed to use your first name on the air, or last name on the air. Okay. I'm sorry. So I'm turn sorry. your radio off, uh, Bill, off? and tell us where you're calling from. Uh, Bakersfield, California. Uh, all right. Welcome. Uh, hi. I uh, have a question. There was something, um, actually, maybe it was for Dr. Malachi. Uh, he's not here. Well, you said you talk about anything? Uh, yes, absolutely. But, I mean, if you want to ask him a question, he's not here. This is relevant to some of the things that he said. All right. Okay. Uh, I'm a spy, and... Uh, you're, excuse me, you're a spy? What do you mean, a spy? Uh, military spy? You're a military spy? Yeah. Oh, cool. And... Uh, Who do you spy on? I don't know that it matters at this point. Um, or I'm, I'm under um, suspicion of spying. Oh, um, now, wait a minute. There's a difference. Okay, I am a spy. You're, you're a spy? Yeah. Now, or maybe, I, guess, under, under I, guess maybe you, I guess maybe you better qualify that. You say you're under suspicion. In other words, the government thinks you may have uh, given or, or sold information uh, of the U.S. to somebody else? Maybe. That kind of spy. All right, I've got you. Okay. Because of political reasons, yes. the enemy wants me to commit suicide. Really? They say 
that if I tell myself that they will not harm my pregnant wife and kids, will I go to hell for committing suicide? Yeah, it depends on your religious belief. I wonder what uh, Dr. Malachi might say. That's all I had. I see. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. I understand why you asked the question, but I don't believe a word of it. Foreign power. If he was working for is telling him he must commit suicide as long as he does, his pregnant wife will be spared. What would Father Malachi Martin say about that? I don't know what he'd say about that. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Art Bell? Yes. Um, I have a comment kind of to make about something that you were talking about last week. Oh, okay. Um, it had to do with Stephen Gibbs and the whole time travel thing. Oh, yes. Um, I was just curious as to what would happen if, um, say, I was to buy one of these machines and spend the $400 on it, and it turns out to be complete crap. Well, I, you know, that's between you and Stephen Gibbs. Would, would, would I be able to, like, let everyone else know, though, so no one else wastes their money on something like this? Because if this is something that works, you know, this is something that could, you know, dramatically affect a lot of things. Well, suppose you bought the machine. Yeah. Uh, took a, a trip back to 1500 and never showed up again. Would we automatically then, if you just disappeared, uh, be forced to conclude that it worked? Um... That's what I'm going to do. And that's what I'm oh, you to. are? Yeah, well, that's, that's what I'm saying then. If you go back somewhere and can't get back, should we then conclude that it worked? Well, that's the thing. that I'll, um, What I plan on doing is, you know, I'm, I've always believed that it's impossible with the theories of Albert Einstein, the Unified Field Theory, and all the other experiments that have happened out there. But my biggest curiosity is why isn't he selling it for more money? Why don't more people have this thing? And whenever I do buy this thing and try to do it, I'm going to have a video camera and some of my friends out there who come with me to see if anything So in other happen. words, if you disappear, there would be a videotape of you going poof. Yeah, basically, or whatever happens. And that's what I'm that's trying cool. to get across is because me, um, I, I've talked to a lot of people about this and a lot of people are skeptic, but um, me, I just, I'm really curious about it to see if Well, why don't you first send away for the catalog? I've already sent away for that. I did that the day after the... That would be an obvious first step. Yeah, my first step. So, and I'm going to... I saw the thing on your website. I saw what it looked like. You and, did? Yeah, or not on your website. It was on Stephen Gibbs. It was a related website. Oh, okay. All and, right. Yeah, that's right. We had, um, we had a link up, yeah. Yeah, it was the link. And <laughs> I, I saw what it looked like, and I know that this technology is possible. But my, my biggest fear is... Maybe this guy isn't necessarily, you know, he's... He knows well, what, you know, the way he told the story, yeah, it, sounded, it sounded like it would work for some people, depending on where they were, yeah. and maybe not for others. So, I don't know. Like me, um, I'm in Southern California. I'm in Mission Viejo, and this is California. And he said that pretty much anybody who's in California will... That there were a lot of those uh, special areas in California. Yeah, and I plan on making a trip to Sedona. Well, listen, what I do want to know is not where you're going, but I want to know when you're going. Uh, what year are you going to first travel to? First travel to? I would say probably two years into the future. Two years into the future. Boy, I don't know. I'd be See, we know what happened in the past, but we don't know what's coming, do we? I'd have to think about that one. This is CBC.
Call Art Bell toll-free. West of the Rockies at 1-800-618-8255. 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies at 1-800-825-5033. 1-800-825-5033. This is the CBC Radio Network. Radio in the nighttime. Anything you guys want to talk about is fair game. I want to remind you, internationally, you can reach us toll-free. We pay for the call from anywhere in the world, and it's simple. You get hold of the AT&T operator out there in whatever country you're residing in and tell her you want to call the United States. You want to call 800-893-0903. That's the number. That's 800-893-0903 from wherever you are. Well, Newt Gingrich needs 300000 bucks. Can he use his campaign funds to pay that fine? Or should he pull it, you know, out of his own pocket? Should he try and find some of the president's Asian friends? In other words, how does he come up with $300,000? Anybody have any ideas for Newt? The president was sworn in for another four. <laughs> the second headline on Reuters is, Republicans wish him well, which is, I think, the equivalent of an opposing football team uh, wishing the other guys well. We wish you well. Now we're going to beat your brains in. So anyway, open lines, anything you want to talk about. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Jan, and I'm from Medford, Oregon. Hello there. I, I, what I'd like to do is try to clarify I, uh, the uh, information that you gave out last night about uh, the earthquake and uh, the gentleman that has the well down around the... Uh, Okay, that's a man that was, um, uh, oh, as much as 10 years ago on my show who used to make predictions based on the radon levels in his well. And he finally called me back, and I've got his number, and we're probably going to get him on the air. And, yes, he has predicted an earthquake. Go ahead. All right. Uh, the thing uh, that uh, didn't he say something about Mammoth uh, Lake area as well as San Jose? Or do you recall? Uh, I'm sorry. I don't recall the exact wording. I hope I saved it. Okay. Well, that's, uh, that's fine because I basically have been for about three weeks now predicting that it'd be on the 23rd, and that's the only reason. Was that uh, was it the Robert Morning Sky mm -hmm. that he said uh, that the 23rd day of January and the 23rd day of March would be... Uh, very difficult days. I think that is uh, correct, yes. And today, of course, uh, after midnight is the 21st. So we've just got uh, a couple of days to wait. Talking a little bit about micro-broadcasting. You think the idea would work? And the idea is not to allow micro-broadcasting in the present AM and FM bands. That would be um, a chaotic but uh, to create some new band above the present broadcast band, AM. And somewhere in VHF, create a small segment uh, where, as well, the public could broadcast low power, neighborhood style, uh, or just beyond. You know, that kind of thing. What do you think? 
international line. You're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, uh, Art Bell. Yes, so sir. how's the weather in Pahrump today? Uh, the weather in Pahrump today is, uh, was quite nice. Uh, went up to about 60 degrees with mostly sun. <laughs> oh, well, and what is that in Celsius? I'm calling from Edmonton, uh, Alberta, and uh, I'm listening to you in Spokane. You figure it out in Celsius. 60 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't know. <laughs> I forgot a long time ago. After they indoctrinated us into the... Uh, into the Celsius into world? The, into the Celsius world and the world of metric. I see. Well, uh, America. Why don't you take a, your computer and just print up a little? Can't you get your computer to do that for you? Well, I don't have one, so I don't know. I could do that. Yes, I could do that. If, if I cared enough. I see. Uh oh. Oh, how are you going to get Canadians mad at you? Oh boy. <laughs> dangerous, dangerous. We're ready to go. Uh, We're ready to go now. Anyway. Look, we know. Uh, what, we know what you Canadians are up to anyway. Oh yes, I do, and and uh, and you're part of it, right? And JC in in San Diego, I think he's right. He's got it right, you know. He'll <laughs> <laughs> be going. He'll be jumping up and down tonight. Now, uh, I have some comments about uh, Mr. Brown. Yes. Um, he won a lot of. That's uh, Doctor Brown, by the way. Yes, Doctor Brown. Um, maybe not too much longer, but he uh, won a lot of my respect uh, listening to him uh, over over the this whole hail bop uh, situation. And uh, I listened to him very intently, and um, I had a lot of respect for him until lately. Uh, I thought over this whole thing, uh, this photograph thing, you kept holding on to it and hold on to it. And I, for a while I kept saying, you know, I, I started to get really ticked. I thought, you know, Art Bell, you better release this thing. Or you're, you're, you were starting to get in my bad books a bit. I thought, you know, like, this is sound like a real game. And then, bang, you came out with that uh, program the other night, and um, Courtney Brown crashed and burned badly. And um, I, I have lost all respect to the man, uh, to the point where if you have him on your show again, unless he's on there to either, uh, quote-unquote, confess or share his source, I'll turn it off. I have no respect at all for him. All right, sir. I, I think I've got the message, and the answer is that um, he's not going to be on again. Unless. Now, uh, for those of you that joined the program this hour, let me just tell you I had a private conversation with Courtney. I began, even though... Go back a little further. Um, after the show on Thursday, Friday, I began to review with in great detail, agonizing detail, my actions through this whole thing. Uh, because I began to realize the human impact uh, of what has occurred. These are real people. Um, Professor Brown with a doctorate tenured at Emory for now. Uh, the Farsight Institute, people employed there. And Prudence Calabrese. She has, by the way, resigned. Uh, that news was given to me this morning by Professor Brown. Ostensibly because she is about to have a child and um, has been advised to do so by her doctors. That's what he told me. Uh, but because of the human uh, element in all of this, I began to sit down and really review what I, what I have done. And um, I... 
don't find fault with what I've done. I was honest with him, and I was honest with you. I told you all along, despite what uh, the professor now says, that I would not hold on to that photograph forever, that I damn well would share it with the audience at some point. You know, if there was not a news conference, if the professor, so-called top ten, didn't come forward, I was going to release it. Everybody knew that. Whitley knew it. All of you knew it. Professor Brown knew it. I never made any promise in public or uh, private. Otherwise, never. Uh, now, when I did release it, I released, uh, and by the way, for those of you who have questions, uh, I had an electronic image that was originally sent to me, and so did Whitley, by electronic media. In other words, came as, a, I think, a JPEG or a GIF, I forget. And uh, I printed that out, so I had copies of it here. And I still have that original image. As a matter of fact, that original image is the one that is now posted on the website labeled fraud. The other image from the University of Hawaii uh, has not been in any way modified other than to crop it so it's similar size or field of view and turn it 90 degrees. And they are labeled real and fraud up there. Now, you take a look for yourself. It really is not disputable. Uh, and I really, I don't want to rehash this whole thing except to tell you that it made me very reflective on the power of mass media broadcasting, my own position in it. And I'll tell you what I finally concluded after agonizing and agonizing because I don't like what's happened as a result of all this. A lot of people got hurt. Uh, but as long as I'm honest with you, with myself, I guess, first, and you guys, second, and importantly, you guys, as long as I tell you the truth, then I don't have anything to worry about. And that's why this turned out okay for me, because I was just honest with you all along. But it doesn't mean that it turned out all right. And there, there's been an impact. There's been a... Tremendous. I mean, you have no idea. I have God, hundreds of emails. I, I, emails. I have not caught up, and I'm probably not going to catch up for a week with my email. And the letters. You just cannot imagine. So the impact of all of this has been incredible. And so I spent a very careful weekend, such as my weekends are, in, in contemplative uh, review of the whole thing. And I am amazed and um, humbled by the power of broadcast and mass media. And I'll leave it at that. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. 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 Is this Art Bell? It is. Hi. Hi. I wanted to ask you a question. Okay. Um, We've been listening to your program, and we just get on partial because we, we, we come in in the middle of it. And we came in uh, in the middle of this Courtney uh, Brown situation and all this, and we were wondering, at one time you said there was something following Hellbop. Is there still something following Hellbop, but it's not now, First of all, its name is Hellbop, B-O-P-P. Okay. Bop. Uh, secondly, the person who said that there was something, uh, well, I can't go back through the whole thing, but Chuck Schrammett took a first photograph. 
There were others, and then finally Professor Brown. Right. So is there something out there? I don't know. What do you think? Well, I don't know. I mean, there's no photos showing there's still something behind it, but maybe not a spacecraft. There are no recent photos showing what is called the companion. Okay. How's that? All right. That's what I needed to know. Okay. That was the confusion. I see. All right. Well, there you are. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Well, hi, Art. Hi. Um, I wanted to say a couple of things about uh, the Courtney Brown deal. All right. First of all, I don't think that you can be held accountable for what anybody says on your program. Um, so... You have not lost your credibility with me. No, well, I've been honest with everybody. Yeah. Um, and and that's that's what I have to do. Uh, and if somebody comes on and says something and it turns out later to be a hoax, I will have done my part because I did release the photograph. Right. Now, in that phone call, did you hear the show? Yes, no? I did. All right. Um, you know that Courtney made a phone call to me then. Yeah in which he said my credibility would be dead if I released the photograph. In my opinion, my credibility would have been dead if I had not. Uh, moreover, I never promised not to. Right. And I don't know where he came up with that one. Well, you know, I think, I think basically the only one whose credibility has been damaged here is the so-called astronomer. Just in my simplistic view. Um, so these so-called astronomers. But see, we have no name. That's right. That's why I said so-called. <laughs> um, because I, I really don't know who he is or, um, I mean, who knows? Well, the I, problem is with, with the public, without having any more names, either to be given in public or private for investigation, without having the uh, claimed negatives, uh, then where does the buck stop? Well, that's an interesting question. I it's, mean, it's not a hard one. No, but um, the, uh, the other thing I wanted to, uh, to mention here was that some callers have uh, a certain... I've got the impression, gotten the impression from some of the callers that um, because this thing with Courtney has sort of fallen through, mm -hmm. that all of a sudden... The comet doesn't exist. And well, that's be, not. Of course, that's not true. Well, of course, it's not true. But I, I'm getting that that feeling that the whole um, experience um, that we're all going to find out about one way or another soon enough. I I believe um, that it no longer exists. It doesn't even mean the companion doesn't exist. Look, there are no, several, absolutely not. There are several uh, photographs that remain unexplained. Right. Um, however, Courtney Brown is not the only one who has been talking about this. That's right. So I feel that this this Courtney Brown thing is another anomaly 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 that uh, is going along with this whole comment story. All right. Well, I I thank you for the call. Uh, but the bottom line to the business with Courtney Brown is, even though there are other people who believe there is or was a companion, whatever, and even though there are other unexplained or controversial photographs, all of that becomes overshadowed with the size of the story generated by Brown and company. 
uh, with regard to the photograph that is obviously a fraud. And what is left in the public's mind because of the size of that story is that's it. That's the end of it. There is no companion. That is the bottom line to what occurred. This information? Some say so. All right. Well, anyway, what I did tell Courtney uh, to, again, um, relate to you the substance of a private conversation I had with him was if there's anything that would mitigate the damage, you come to me and we'll put it on the air. In other words, that means if you are prepared to um, turn the photographs over privately or publicly, name who gave you the pho photograph uh, publicly or privately, um, tell us where it has led and who perpetrated the fraud publicly or privately. At that point, we'll go back on the air if that in any way mitigates the damage that is occurring because of where the buck presently is stopped. Uh, his response to me was uh, that I only know one one-thousandth of the whole story and that maybe it can be told uh, before he dies, Courtney, that is. But that for now it's going to have to stop exactly where it is. So that was, uh, I guess, as far as I feel I could go. Uh, there was really nothing else I could say to him. Uh, and at this time, there is nothing else I can say to him. I, I just don't know what it would be. In other words, um, I'm sorry that uh, all of this has happened in the way it has. I'm sorry it turned, turned out this uh, photograph uh, turned out that is to be a fraud. I'm sure as hell not sorry I released it. I had, I felt, uh, to all of you, an obligation to do that. I told you I would, despite those, uh, and you recall, people urged me, don't do it, don't do it, don't release it. Well, I never promised not to. In fact, quite the opposite. I always said that I would, as did Whitley. And I'm not sorry. Uh, I would rather follow the truth wherever it leads uh, than to leave all of you hanging uh, with regard to my credibility, because I said I had a copy of that photograph. Therefore, I released it, and boy, what a firestorm after I did that. But, you know, I reviewed that over the weekend. All I did. And I must tell you, uh, if I had it to do all over again, I wouldn't do one thing differently. Not one. I'm Art Bell, and this is CBC. All right, once again, I have proposed the idea, it's not a new one, of micro-broadcasting uh, with some modification. In other words, I don't believe that it should be in the present commercial dance. That would create havoc. This idea is simply one of allowing the general public, Harry, Sixpack, whoever, to put on his own little low-power neighborhood or a little better than that radio station. Uh, I propose two bands, maybe one, but two possibly. One AM above the present AM band, one FM somewhere in the VHF spectrum, and with very little regulation other than uh, the current requirements uh, with regard to uh, language uh, and time of day and that sort of thing. In other words, you don't want pornography there. Other than that, 
uh, to allow the public to broadcast with low power. And here is a response. All right, on micropower broadcasting, as a fellow ham, I must say, are you on glue? No, but glue gets on me a lot. By the way, anybody have any ideas how you do anything about super glue? No matter how careful you are, have you ever noticed? If you're super gluing something, you inevitably have to sit there picking it off with your teeth because there's no way not to get it on you. Anyway, no, I'm not on glue. Glue is on me. He goes on, you are being as naive as the FCC was in 1957. You can't give the American public a piece of the spectrum without them abusing it. These microcast bands would be full of high-power pirate transmitters in no time. A legal half-watt station would be crushed by 50-plus waters miles away. The FCC would be powerless to stop it, just as they are now. The public could have a piece of the band 10 megahertz below light where they can do no harm. <laughs> That's Aaron in Crescent City. Well, Aaron, I guess I have more faith. You know, there are some people who call and say, look at the CD band today and what a mess it is. Well, it's, it was not intended, nor is it presently being used as a broadcast medium. I'm proposing a real broadcast medium. Commercial. If, in other words, if you could make it commercial locally, fine. Do it. Non-commercial in all probability. Alternative views and weird stuff, no doubt. But I say all kinds of new in industries would spring up. People selling transmitters. Yes, there would have to be some enforcement so people weren't putting high-powered things on. Could allow that. Uh, that would be a breach of the faith and the whole concept of the idea, and I know it would go on, but it would also be kept under control. And it would be a riot to listen to, a riot, wouldn't it? Uh, you would have all kinds of uh, a localized uh, a news and a rumor and you name it. It would be kind of like a back fence operation. And I think it would be cool. I really do. I know there are pro uh, problems attendant uh, with it. But I think it would be an ultimate uh, expression of free speech, a good use of spectrum that I might add, uh, particularly with uh, respect to that above the broadcast band. It has been uh, largely abandoned by many services that have gone to satellite and other carriers. So it's more likely we could create the space. Not as easy uh, in VHF, but even then it's very low uh, power, low short-range kind of stuff, so I think something could be worked out. And I think it would not be a threat to commercial broadcasting, but in fact would enhance it. Companies would be selling uh, radios to cover this new spectrum. I think it would be very, very exciting. And once you get past the initial shocked reaction of such an idea and you begin to consider it, it would be very exciting and fun. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Good uh, evening, Art. Good evening. I just want to weave together a few threads here, maybe come up with a tapestry. All right. You had a guy on there a couple weeks ago, about a week and a half, two weeks ago. I think it was the guy from uh, Oklahoma who's an ex-Marine sniper, but I may be wrong. That's that's correct. Well, you had a guest on there. He said that he had been involved in remote viewing back ways and, and in the 70s, and they had come up with, they'd come across some cases where the 
they were all getting the exact same thing, very accurate, but it was accurately wrong. Uh, we never could yes. explain that. That's correct, yes. Okay, that's thread one. Thread two goes back to uh, the plane crash back in uh, this summer. I remember Courtney and, uh, and uh, Major Dane had two opposite completely results. opposite reasons. Correct. Okay, that's another thread. Uh, but what would really help would be if we could get an exact timeline of when uh, Stramick's picture came out. We, we know exactly when it came out. Okay, well, from when it came out. November, it was taken the, November, uh, the evening of uh, November 14th. Okay, how, how much after that was it that Courtney came on the show and he said... That, it was uh, hour, hours later. Okay, and, and they had remote viewed... That uh, uh, used that as a target to remote view. Yes. Okay, his came out that morning or something. Okay, sir. Uh, you, your threads I've got. Your tapestry I don't. Okay. Well. Okay. Well. Here's the. Here's what I was wondering is that suppose somebody wanted to set uh, him up just to discredit him, and this is just a red herring. Suppose he had something back there for whatever reason. Major Dane was wrong, and he was right. Well, I would say this to you. I didn't call Courtney. Well, no, I understand uh, he, that. I no, agree. no, sir, he called me. So if he had some idea that he was being set up, then he didn't have to call me to go on the air. No, no, what I'm saying is, say he got something right back there with the plane crash. He's on to something. We don't, how, we don't how would you discredit him, come up with something? Oh, I, I see what, where you're going. Him. All right, I, I've got it. In, in other words, you, that's a conspiracy theory. That is your tapestry. You believe that Courtney had it right about Flight 800, and because of that, somebody went into an active discredit, uh, uh, a disinfo campaign against him, culminating in, in what happened uh, with uh, Hill Bob. Well, that's uh, as good as anybody else's theory, but quite a reach. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hard. Yes. Um. Turn your radio off, please. Off. That's good. Um, I'd, I'd like to, uh, I missed your broadcast. Watch it faithfully. No, you don't. You listen to it. I'm on radio, not TV. We don't have TV where I am. In that case, then, you don't watch it unless you simply watch the speaker grill because we're on radio. We're on radio. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> but... Um, I missed your broadcast Thursday and Friday. Well, it was repeated last night, so you missed it twice. Well... No, I'm yes. sorry, it was repeated uh, Saturday night, Sunday. Yes, it was. Mm -hmm. But all I heard was um, this fraud, and I don't know what the fraud is. Well, it's demonstrated on my webpage. Do you have a computer? I don't. Do you it's subscribe to my newsletter? Well... I don't have any newsletter. Okay. But uh, well, I, is, uh, I can't think of any other way to demonstrate it to you, sir. Uh, we did hours on it, and I can't retrench all of that now. So. Well, can you tell us what the fraud was? Uh, the fraud was that a photograph um, that was taken uh, back in September, 1st of September, was obviously uh, fraudulently modified to show something that was not really there. And I saw um, somebody had a picture of the follow-up, which you call Hale-Bopp, and um, 
No, a health so, officer. A health officer. Sir, sir, would you stop and listen? Yes. Okay. Hellbop is the comet. The, the fraud was something pixeled in, uh, shown to be trailing behind it. Right. Which was not really there. That's oh. the fraud. Okay. Okay? Gotcha. Okay, good. Thank you. East of the Rockies, you're on here. Hello. Hello, Art. Yes. Uh, I may be the only one that... I'm glad the companion is not there. Uh, I'm, I beg your pardon? Um, I'm probably the only one that's glad that the companion is not there. Well, that also has not been fully determined. Well, I understand, but uh, I felt relieved the other night for okay. some reason. Well, that's fine. I'm, whatever reaction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number two, I'll send off for my catalog for the time machine. Oh, yes. And uh, I plan on going back, and if I can... Going where? Where are you going? In time. I understand that. I'm going to bring back I, some baseball cards, if all possible. When are you going? As soon as I get the thing. No, no, no. To what year? To what year are you going? Oh, I'd like to go back to the early 30s. The 30s, and you're going to collect baseball cards and. Well, I'd like to bring them back about five or six cards, if all possible. Yeah, but don't you remember he said that physical items brought back will fade? Well, I'll give it a try. So maybe you could bring them back and quickly sell them, make a giant profit, and the poor people who buy them would suddenly find them faded away. Well, I would have to leave town again. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe this time permanently. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like it, man. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. I, that's the other thing that created so much email. Oh, my gosh. That thing on time travel. If I can find somebody else, anybody else, working on a time machine, I will have them on. It is such an interesting topic. God, it's absolutely fascinating. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. All right, Bob Bill. Bob Bill. Yes. Glad to hear from you. <laughs> anyway, I called you. I'm first time caller, of course. I've got a, well, several nights this uh, impression about the the fraud deal. Yes. And it, it, I do believe it is a conspiracy uh, kind of deal, but I do believe it's to take the credit away from it so that it'll be forgotten, but it's still there in real life, real in actuality. Well, in that case, um, uh, Hellbop now becoming visible again, uh, people will begin to get pictures of the companion, and it will all be breaking news, huh? Not necessarily. It could probably, uh, if it is an intelligent-guided uh, uh, craft, it could have changed orbit. Like it could have. And <clears throat> so actually what was depicted was what is actually has been seen uh, either through remote viewing or through uh, Dark Wolf or, uh, <clears throat> you know, the, the uh, Japanese observatory. Yeah. The problem is, you see, that we can't, we can't follow this or we're not being allowed right now to follow this and find out how this fraud occurred. Right, right. That, that is by design. And, uh, well, design hell. Uh, if we could find out who perpetrated this and why, then we could uh, find out the motivation. In other words, the motivation would then be apparent, and whether or not it was some attempt to cover up something that really was a dis intentional disinformation campaign, we would know. But until we can follow it, we're not going to know. Right. Do you sometimes get the impression that it could have been done by someone that does remote viewing? <laughs> could have been done by anybody. 
Uh, it does not take great knowledge, uh, although it was a sophisticated uh, job. A lot of people are capable of doing what was done. Hmm. Oh, well. Gee. I know. Yeah, it, it is. It's behooving, for sure. All right, my friend. Thank you. Uh, there you are. I've got an interesting note here uh, from Brent. Brent, uh, if what you are saying is true, uh, you need to fax me something else with a phone number so I can uh, confirm this before I would dare say anything about it. That goes out to Brent, who faxed me. Uh, on the international line, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, this is Jesse from Clearwater, D.C. How you doing? Pretty good. How are you tonight? All right. You've uh, really gotten into the debate over Courtney Brown again tonight, I see. Uh... Well, it's open lines. Now, here's my thinking, okay? Uh, the public is going to talk about something until they don't want to talk about it anymore. I've been doing this for 13 years, and I know the way these things go. Uh, they want to hash it out. And so I'm giving them that opportunity. They need not talk about that. They can talk about whatever they wanted. But I knew before I went on the air that a lot of people still had things to say because I can't unjam my mailbox with all the mail I'm getting. So let's hash it out. That's what they want. Well, I, you know, I, the one thing that comes out of this is the fact that um, whoever did this, until my opinion is that until it's proved otherwise, I can't help but think that Courtney Brown and remote viewing and Hale Bop were all set up to look ridiculous in one fell swoop, and they certainly accomplished that. Well, Hale Bop. Courtney Brown's all of his. Um, you know, wait, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait! 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 Uh, your statements first two I go along with. Hale Bop is just a comment. It doesn't well, I meant right. Hellbop's companion. I see. Actually. All right. Thank you. But uh, it, it certainly, I mean, from the, from just to take a survey of the calls that you've had tonight, it certainly sounds like people that are in their own mind ca um, calling into question all of his remote viewing data, data and yes. the effectiveness of remote viewing itself. Yes. Well. And assuming also that the companion doesn't exist. Yes. And that hasn't, to my mind, been proven. Um. I've made that same statement several times. But I'm, I, I know the way the public uh, reacts. And when you have a fraud, uh, that becomes the story, and everything else gets forgotten. Yeah, well, people, I think people's sense of uh, trust in Courtney Brown and, and in some of the things that were said, has really they, they feel like their trust has been violated, yeah. rightly there, or wrongly. That's yeah, how there there is absolutely no question about it. Thank you. No, no question about it. Courtney again said to me, uh, both publicly and privately, that, oh, thank goodness, Art, uh, this photograph uh, had nothing to do with my remote viewing. Technically true, though he used it as cooperation. He remote viewed the Shramic photograph, or the object depicted in the Shramic photograph for the remote viewing he did. But without question, in the public's mind, once trust is lost, rightly or wrongly, in that person, whatever else they say uh, becomes in question as well. And um, that is part of the damage that I was talking to you about earlier that I contemplated uh, very personally throughout the weekend and very in a very sober mood all weekend. 
and I'm sorry about all of that. And yet, I cannot imagine handling the whole situation in any way differently than I have to date. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi there, yes. This is Don from Alaska. Hello. Hello. Well, I have a couple of comments about, uh, actually one, I am watching you on TV. I'm watching over set. I'm watching, getting your broadcast over to satellite. Ah, uh, but that doesn't mean you're watching me. Well, kind of, sort of. <laughs> Not kind of, sort of. Well, you're okay. getting my audio and watching whatever it happens to be up on the screen there. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's like Abbott and Costello. But well, uh, there you go. Maybe that's appropriate. Maybe so. <laughs> uh, I do have a, I am also a ham, and I do have one a couple comments about the micro-broadcasting. Oh, good. All right. Um, one of them is that uh, well, there, there are, uh, like, part 15. I mean, you can broadcast. Well, power. yeah, we all know that, but that's down in the milliwatt range, and uh, it's right. that, you know that's broadcasting mostly from the living room to the bedroom. I'm I'm talking about something that would be neighborhood, at least neighborhood uh, sized, if not my corner of the city sized, or something like that. You know, uh, I I don't know what the power level would be a watt, ten watts, twenty watts, something mm -hmm. like that. Um, but there, there is one. I have seen a court case that actually did win, and through uh, the Ninth Circuit uh, Court of Appeals in San Francisco. Oh yes, I know and, about that. Yeah, free ra free radio Berkeley. Yeah, but that one's not over. That's probably going to go to the U.S. Supreme Court, I bet. Well, that that depends how far the FCC wants to go with it. Well, if they don't go any further with it, then the Ninth Circuit Court uh, judgment would stand, mm -hmm. and so they have to. Don't they? Yeah. yeah, I would think. But um, as far as far as putting giving them another ban, well, that means that the whole purpose of broadcasting is to uh, broadcast out to the public. Yes. And you'd have you'd have to have people buying new whole new radios. That's right. Yeah. Consider the wonderful boon to the industry <laughs> of people who go out and buy an additional radio to receive this new public uh, wild broadcast. Band. Well, that's what the Internet's for, really, but... <laughs> um, I mean, you could do the same thing. You can broadcast over the Internet worldwide. Yes, but consider the difference between the cost of a little receiver mm -hmm. compared to the cost of a computer capable of receiving real audio on the Internet. Come on now. Well, let's say that you... Let's say not, not even a computer, but like those web TV things. They can do they can do audio over. Web TV is improving things, but that's still three hundred and something dollars at least. But then again, so so would have so would having to buy a whole new trans transmitter and yeah. Oh, it it it'd, it'd create entire new industries, sir. Plus, it would be a lot of fun. Why not? This is CBC. It'll be a warm, sunny afternoon at the stadium. The skies are just screaming blue. The beer man is flying up and down the stairs. The crowd is wild because everybody's favorite guy is up to bat. Up to knocking his umpteenth career homer. 
The pitch comes. You hear a big, loud smack as that ball sails away over that silly, embarrassed pitcher, way over left field, high into the sky section. And look, it's headed right to your seat. You heard me. Your seat. But you know what? You quit treating your high blood pressure. So you had a stroke, and you're dead. And somebody else is there in your seat, screaming and jumping and waving their glove. And guess what? That bozo's got your ball. Don't miss a minute of life. Exercise, eat right, cut the salt. Treat your high blood pressure. For more information, call 1-800-575-WELL. That's 1-800-575-9355. Men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. Oh, you read the book? Not yet. Sounds good. Oh, it is good. You've read it? Heard it. I got it from my audiobook club. Wait, it's an audiobook, too? Oh, yeah, lots of bestsellers are now. The Celestine Prophecy, that new John Grisham, the runaway jury, Jerry Spence, how to argue and win every time. Ah, so that's your secret. But who has time for all those? I do, and you do, too. If they're audiobooks, I listen to mine while I commute. I could do that. If you'd like to listen to the books you haven't got time to read, welcome to the club, the Columbia House Audiobook Club. As your introduction, take four of today's best audiobooks for 99 cents. Call now for our book list. Pick any four you want for 99 cents. And remember, there's always time for a good book if it's an audiobook. Does not include shipping and handling. Members must purchase four titles over the next two years at regular club prices. Call 1-800-859-7817 for details. 1-800-859-7817. Radio Network News. This is Giles Hudson. President Clinton takes time to give thanks as he and his family wrap up a series of inaugural balls in Washington. Hillary and Chelsea and I have had a wonderful day. We got up and went to that magnificent church service, and then we had the inaugural, and there was a great and happy crowd there. And then uh, we had the congressional luncheon and a fabulous parade. And then, of course, we're going to these balls. Fifteen of them in all, ending with the one hosted by Texas Democrats. The hustle and bustle of the night prompting this lament from First Lady Hillary Clinton. The only downside of uh, going to all 15 balls is we don't get to stay at any one of them for a very long time, and it's a little bit frustrating. Earlier in the day, Mr. Clinton launched his second term with a grand vision for America in the new millennium and an appeal to the Republican Congress to help him build a land of new promise. An Alaska Airlines plane on its way to Seattle has been slightly damaged after it was struck by lightning last night. According to an airline spokesman, the McDonnell Douglas MD-80 was on its descent into San Jose International Airport when the lightning strike took place. None of the 85 passengers or five crew members aboard, though, were said to be hurt. It was Alaska Flight 293. This is USA Radio News. Listen closely to some sobering facts. This year, our government will spend more money on interest to the national debt 
than it did on the entire budget in 1962. The Wall Street Journal reports that 51% of all corporate profits are now being eaten up by interest. Individual families owe more than $3 trillion, and today personal consumer debt increases at a rate of $1,000 per second. Couple these with the fact that Fortune magazine reports our dollar has lost value 54 of the last 55 years, and you start to wonder if your savings is safe in paper backed by debt like dollars or stocks. Gold has stood as a safe, secure storehouse of wealth for centuries. Many financial experts recommend at least a portion of your savings be placed in assets like gold, and Merit Financial can help with time-tested strategies and outstanding service. Merit has free information on high-powered gold recommendations for the protection of your savings and gold-backed IRAs for your retirement protection. Call now at 1-800-833-1749. That's 800-833-1749. Monday's inaugural may well be the last for evangelist Billy Graham. The event marked the eighth time he has been asked to participate in inaugural festivities. It dates back to the Eisenhower administration. During his prayer of invocation, Mr. Graham took time to give thanks. We praise you for the peaceful continuity of government that this inauguration represents. We recall that the Bible says, except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. You also said that to whom much has been given, much shall be required. Mr. Graham is 78 and suffering from the effects of Parkinson's disease. Health experts are going to be meeting in Washington this week. They have hopes of finally resolving a controversy of sorts, whether women in their 40s need regular mammograms. Medical groups and women's groups have made differing recommendations over the years, leaving women and their doctors uncertain about when to have x-rays to screen for breast cancer. You're listening to USA Radio Network News. Here's a great offer from Internet World, the first and largest magazine for Internet users. Whether you're a beginner trying to log on or an advanced user, Internet World gives you all the information you need to help you make the most of your time on the Internet, like how to download free software, do research, find the hottest spots, play games, and meet people. Take advantage of this special introductory offer from Internet World. Twelve monthly issues, only $14.97. Call now, toll free, 800-457-1100. That's 800-457-1100. Madeleine Albright is only one vote away from becoming the next Secretary of State. USA's Ken Lundberg on Capitol Hill has that story. Senate Foreign Relations Committee members are unanimously moving forward Albright's nomination. Gathered in the President's room just off the floor of the Senate, a dozen members voted to recommend the U.N. Ambassador be confirmed by the full Senate. That full Senate vote is expected Wednesday. If all goes as planned and Albright is confirmed, she will become the highest-ranking woman in the federal government. And Lundberg, USA Radio News, Capitol Hill. Just 13 days after being re-elected Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich stands to become the first sitting Speaker to face a reprimand. The House today expected to vote to reprimand Gingrich for violating House rules. Federal Reserve Board Chairman Alan Greenspan testifies today on the Hill. Financial markets eagerly awaiting any hint of a hike in interest rates. The Dow Industrial is not worried about that. Yesterday, they closed up 11 points, a new record high, 68-43. Giles Hudson on the USA Radio Network. Call Art Bell toll free. West of the Rockies at 1-800-618-8255. 1-800-618-8255. 
1-800-825-5533. East of the Rockies at 1-800-825-5033. 1-800-825-5033. This is the CBC Radio Network. It absolutely is, and I'm Art Bell. Intentionally leaving it open lines tonight, maybe even tomorrow night. We'll see. If you have further questions about the whole Courtney Brown affair, and that's what uh, people seem to be focusing on, feel free to ask them so that we can try and get all this uh, uh, information out and uh, everybody's satisfied, uh, at least to, what, uh, to the degree that we can, with what occurred. Well, all right. Dear Art, I have a question which I wish you could answer on the air. Since you pressured Courtney for the identity of the astronomer, can you release the name of the university that the astronomer supposedly was part of? We, the faithful audience, would love to hear more info about the possible identity of the astronomer. Ms. Bell, I think it is your responsibility now to release the name of that university. Thanks. Albert from MIT in Massachusetts. All right, Albert, here's the story there. On November 14th, the night of the broadcast, I, I was never told by Courtney Brown the name of the uh, university, number one. On the night of the broadcast, uh, prior to the broadcast, there was an Internet message uh, posted by a prominent ufologist that rumored the name of the university. And so I immediately called Courtney. This was prior to the broadcast on the 14th. I said, oh, my God, there's a message on here naming a university. Uh, Courtney Brown checked into it and found out the leak, he said, he told me, came from his own organization, Farsight. And uh, so I'm not sure that that really is the name of the university. And because I can't be sure, because I have no proof at all, uh, I'm not going to re re release it. Obviously, the university would be swamped, and it could be inaccurate information, or it could be disinformation. So, you see, I don't know that I do know it. I only have a rumor. Uh, that's point one. Point two, um, Whitley Strieber thought he might have the name of the astronomer. Um, and uh, when he spoke with Whitley, uh, excuse me, with Professor Brown. Uh, Professor Brown did not deny that was the name, nor did he affirm that was the name. And I certainly don't know the name of the astronomer. So with respect to the university, I don't know that it's the right one. With respect to the astronomer's name, I never did and still don't know it. So there you have it. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Hello there. Yeah, uh, I'm calling from Indiana. Yes. Uh, I, um, I recently moved back here, and kind of things have changed kind of drastically here. And then I don't know whether or not it's something that's, like, public or not. But uh, the police force here has, like, pretty much tripled in the last two to three years. Yes. And uh, there's a newspaper, uh, the Journal Gazette here, that ran an ad or a report, something like that, a couple years back about some new equipment that we got. We got a tank. You got a tank? A tank. A tank. Why, why, would, you, why would they need a tank? That's uh, what I'm wondering. 
See, it's there in India. It's not like a normal military style tank. It's more like a all-terrain type vehicle for to hold a lot of people. But it does have a, a very large gun. Well, maybe they're uh, maybe they're anticipating an assault on Indiana. Well, or you're a little too. <laughs> who knows? Well, no, this is uh, Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne, Indiana. Yeah, it's a military community. I see. It, it was uh, founded by the military. So we got basically government factories here. Well, what do you what do you think they will do with this train? Well, I really don't know. Uh, the people that I know in National Guard keep saying something about uh, troop mobilization and that more information being pumped out about that. Mm -hmm. I don't understand exactly what they're saying. Well, I don't either. Uh, when and if you do, be sure and give us a call. I couldn't quite discern there whether he meant the police. I thought he meant the police got the tank. I'm a uh, faithful viewer of uh, Hill Street Blues, and I remember one episode where they got a tank, too. Captain Frullo was not wild about it. <laughs> That's a funny episode. Wild Card Line, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Art. This is Dana in Tennessee. Hello, Dana. Hey, um, Thursday when you talked to Dr. Hynock from the University of Hawaii, Yes. I'm assuming you had spoken to him earlier in the day when you were talking about this photo with us. Um, I was wondering if you didn't say anything on the air about it, but I was wondering if you had asked him if when they image hail bomb now that it's back in view again, if they were going to maybe, if you had asked them that they would send you a picture well, there's uh, no, themselves. They uh, uh, Ma'am, they won't have to. It'll all be posted. Uh, hail bop is now coming farther and farther yeah. above the horizon every day. There will soon, within a week I would say, be new major uh, photographs taken by... Uh, a major university uh, uh, telescopes. Yeah, well, I just didn't know if you had asked if they would send one to you. Uh, I don't. I, I can get one on the on the internet and post it. No problem. Yeah. Well, that was just amazing. Also, um, I know I had to send it by snail mail since I don't have a computer, but I sent you a picture of one of my cats uh, a couple of weeks ago. I don't know how far behind you are in your snail mail stuff, but I don't know if you might have gotten it. Um, it was like she was using the bathroom on the toilet. <laughs> I really? Don't know if gotten that. Yet. I have heard that cats have been trained to do that. And she wasn't trained. That was, you know, I had said, you know, I sent a letter with it. She did this on her own. Um, she, I never trained. I wish I could train the rest of them. I've got 12. I'd send a table fortune and cat litter. Must, must have been observation then. Uh, but, yeah, uh, but I had just sent you the picture. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, maybe to give you a giggle. I didn't know if you'd gotten No, it. I don't have it yet, but I, I will giggle, and I may post it when I get it. Uh, I'm not worried about posting it. I, I sent it mainly just to give you a laugh because it was just the fact she learned it on her own at the age of four months. She, she still does it. All right. I, I'll, I'll look for it. But, yeah, so it, it should be. Uh, so it's been a couple of weeks since I mailed it, so it's in the pile somewhere. All right. I thank you. <laughs> thank you. And pile it is. Boy, I tell you, we're doing our best. That's a big problem for me. The amount of uh, mail and email and uh, faxes and so forth, you know, it's getting a little out of hand. Uh, dear Art, you're not honest, in quotes. You are holier than thou. In quotes. You accept parts and letters all the time from unknown sources of very dubious value and then post them on your website willy-nilly. If the government called and demanded you name your sources, would you give it to them, regardless of the authenticity? I think not. Um, well, listen, that's true, I do. Uh, but when specific scientific claims are made, 
are regarding the authenticity of something, and then it is proven not to be authentic, then there is no choice to do but what we did. Uh, there is simply no choice. And if you're concerned about credibility, mine or anybody else's, uh, be concerned about how credible it would be if we didn't tell you the truth. All right? And if something put up on my website, no matter how whimsical, and we do put a lot of whimsical stuff up there, is proven to be incorrect, we say so. Or let you judge it for yourself. Or we say in the first place, this is not an authenticated anything. It's simply really interesting. Take a look and see what you think. Regarding the photograph put up there, there were very, very specific claims made about it. A very different situation. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello? Going once. Going twice. Uh, Go up. Oh, too late. Wild card line, you're on the air. Hi, Art. This is David from Phoenix. Hi. I've called before talking about an anti-gravity device I was working on. Yes. Still not done yet, but I did call up mainly to talk about the Courtney Brown thing. Okay. My question is, if Courtney Brown has predictable, reliable remote viewing, why doesn't he take the bogus photograph and use it to remote view the person who basically made the photograph? The person it's who it's a very good idea. I mean, it seems like the logical solution to me. It's a very good idea. <laughs> and that's, you know, I'll leave it at that. I mean, that would uh, uh, certainly prove the, uh, the authenticity of remote viewing. If he remote viewed it and he saw some technician um, perpetrating the fraud and identified who it was or if he could and made that public and then that was proven, that would, uh, that would certainly authenticate uh, remote viewing, no doubt about it. It seems like a logical way to go. Good suggestion. That's about all I had. All right, program. sir. Thank you. Uh, as good an idea as any. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, Art. Hello. How you doing? This is Dave from Kearney. Hi, Dave. Um, I had a couple uh, things to say about the Gordon Brown and, uh, and your debate. All right, get a little closer to your phone. Okay, is that better? Yes. Okay, um, I wanted to commend you for keeping to your, uh, your, uh, what you said that you would, you would, uh, display what, what would happen over the years that you're, with the picture and such. That's right. But I also commend Courtney Brown because he said from the beginning that he wasn't going to release that name of the person, which people are questioning his trust. Well, what he did say was that he thought within a week or so uh, that that person would come out and hold a news conference. That's right. what he said. Right. But I, but people are calling up questioning his trust, which is he displayed that he wasn't going to name that person. If I was that astronomer, I, I mean, I would commend him for not saying my name, and I think that shows his trust is Okay, true. but, okay, but, one problem. He says that he has photographic evidence. Right, so, and I agree with you. I think he, I think that should be, I don't think he should release the astronomer's name because... All right, but, but he doesn't have to. Right, I, can, I really do, he, I really do think also he should forfeit that material to an expert to have it analyzed. Well, he is, uh, he is now saying he will not do that. I also had a comment about uh, the inauguration party. Yes. For Clinton. Oh, yes. $42 million for a party. We have homeless people. He should be ashamed of himself. I think President Clinton, you should have him on uh, your station. I tried to get him on. 
Uh, who? President Clinton. President Clinton. Um, no, you know, I never have tried. I suppose I could. Yeah. Is that, I, is I, that what you would ask him? I would, I, I would tell him he should be ashamed of himself. We have many problems in the inauguration party, 42 million, 12 million of taxpayers' money. It's ridiculous. That's, All right. That's thrown into the question. All right. Thank you very much. <laughs> I wonder how he, what do you suppose the president would say to that? Well, we tried to keep the cost down. Now it is it is valid that we have an inauguration, and that the public portion of that, not all the parties, but the public portion of that, uh, be I suppose uh, from the public coffers. But you would try to keep the cost down as best you could. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Yes, hi. I can barely hear you. How are you? I'm okay. That's better. Where are you? Where are you? We love you. We're in Hollywood, California. Hollywood. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if she could. <laughs> well, I called to tell you that on the morning of the 9th of January, uh, about 5.45 in the morning, I looked out of my window, and there was Hale Bob. Really? Big as day. I was so shocked. I couldn't believe my eyes. I thought it was a satellite arc. And I couldn't wait until the observatory opened. I called to ask what satellite, you know? And they said, hey, it's Hale Bob. Really? And I said, my God, it's huge. How is it going to miss us? <laughs> I mean, well, gonna... by about 123 million miles. Oh, but it's shockingly huge. Well, I, you know, I don't know why then I can't see it. I... You can't see it? Uh, this, not yet. You know, I've been looking but, you know, every it's, morning. Well, to the east, you see, I've got to look to the east. Yes. And I've got mountains to the east. So yes. until it gets a certain percentage above that mountain range or high enough in the sky, I don't think I'll see it. Right. Well, this is the only morning I've seen it, and it was a totally clear, just crisply clear morning. Wow. And every morning since, I haven't been able to see it. I called you that night to tell you that you were out sick. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you better? Oh, yes. And your wife? Uh, fine. Oh, that's great. Well, love your show, and we're still listening over here. Thank you, dear. Thank you. See you later. Hollywood. I didn't think it was that clear yet, uh, nor that uh, close, uh, to be that uh, shockingly um, bright, but... Do the wild thing at 702-727-1295. Well, no, Jean, you're not allowed to use your last name on the air, dear. Oh, I'm I had sorry. to. I had to bleep that out. So let's begin again. You're Jean in Houston. Yes, and I listen to KPRK TV. Oh, yes, sir. I mean, yeah, ma'am. I listen to Keep <laughs> Tune right here. Yes. Radio, and they gave a stargazing report this week. Yes. And they said that you can now see the comet with uh, the binoculars right. at first light in the morning. Right. And they said that following it was a new uncharted star. They did. And they called it Hellbop's Companion. They did. Sometimes known as Hellbop's Companion. Huh. And I thought maybe this would be of interest to you. Well, now, who, who observed it? Uh, this report was given by the lady that gives the stargazing report on KTRH radio from the Houston Natural Science Museum. 
here in Texas. But I well, that's, know. A, that's a new one on me, but that's very interesting, and maybe somebody else will confirm what you said. Well, they said new Uncharted Star, and it's a real brilliant color. All right. Uh, stars now generally don't follow comets. Uh they don't don't have trajectories like comets, but that is an interesting report. Star-like, maybe. Wildcard line, you're on the air. Yes, hi, Art. Hello. Um, love your show. You could keep me up way too much, <laughs> too late at night, but um, I do enjoy the, the program. Thank you. Um, I've listened to you talking about um, remote viewing for the last few weeks, but I must have missed something, and I have a question for you. Okay. Here's to the best of your knowledge, is remote viewing, it, does it happen in detail and in real time so that if I was able to do this, say, at 4.30 in the West Coast, to remote view a friend of mine on the East Coast, having breakfast at 7.30 their time, I could see exactly what they were having for breakfast and hear the discussions going on? Is it that detailed? Um, yes, I believe so. Mm. It is claimed to be that detailed, yes. And anybody's supposed to be able to learn how to do this? Um, that's what they say. Uh, okay, well, that was my question. I was just interested to see how detailed this uh, remote viewing was. It almost sounds like astral projection. Almost. Uh, I'm sorry, where did you say you are? Oh, uh, um, my name is John. I'm in Chico, California. Chico, California. Well, we're in the same time zone. Yeah. Nevertheless, um... Later on this morning, why don't you give it a shot and see if you can see what I have for breakfast? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, thank you. Thank you. See you later. Anybody else who wants to do that is welcome to give it a try, too. I give out no details regarding my breakfasts. Anybody who can nail it is probably a pretty good remote viewer. I have particularly unusual eating habits, you see, since my sleeping habits are very unusual. So this would be a tough assignment. I'm Art Bell, and this is the American CBC Radio Network. Back to it we go. Wild card line, you're on the air. Good morning. Hi, how are you doing? Just fine. What's been up to, Art? Well, I, I've been doing the radio program, sir. How about you? Well, I've been listening to you for a million years, it seems like, and this is absolutely fantastic, fantastic to get hold of you. This is Stan in Eagle Point, Oregon. Yes, sir. Uh, what really interests me is your conversations that you've been having about time and your fascination with time. I've been a jeweler and a watchmaker for 25 years. Wow. And it just amazes me uh, that in this country we built the most beautiful pocket watches that were ever built, and that industry is gone. And so it's really fun to listen to you talk about your fascination with time. I don't know why. Since uh, I've been able to consider it and think about it, I've always been fascinated by it. Have you seen some of the new products they have on the market uh, that are controlled by the uh, WWV in Boulder, Colorado? I've got one in front of me. It's called the Time Machine. Now, is that the one built by Jungens? Uh, this is uh, built by Oregon Scientific. Yeah, that's a here, I think. 
to, to put that out. And I don't have one of those yet, but that's just really fascinating, that stuff. Uh, well, there you are. You asked, you, you received. I have one right in front of me, and I love it. Now, I understand you've got about 50 clocks down there. I have clocks coming out of my ears. It's, it's fun, isn't it? It's just amazing to sit there and look at these things and how they can keep track of time. And it's a mechanical invention that man came up with. Well, I have uh, actually, uh, now that you've raised it, uh, thank you, a question for the entire audience. Of my mighty collection of clocks, I have a number of them that are operated by, you know, like AA batteries or, you know, they're operated by batteries. And every now and then I have a failure in the sense that it will lose up to half an hour. All of a sudden, it will stop working. Now, the only reason that I'm mentioning this to you is because all the clocks that are operated by batteries are affected in exactly the same way in my home. It is a real oddity. It is as though... I mean, how can that be? These are independent power sources. Unless it's some sort of radiation, that's what I thought about. You know, I'm a ham operator, and maybe some sort of radiation is affecting the electronic mechanism. That's possible. But it's happened on days when I have not been transmitting on shortwave or anything else. And so I wonder if anybody out there has had a similar difficulty. Battery-operated clocks suddenly failing for similar periods of time at exactly the same time. Just a question. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, Art. Uh, this is Jeff in Tri-City, Oregon. Yes, sir. Hey, I was, I'm a truck driver. I was out in uh, heading east in, I think, it was just uh, east of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Okay. And it was just at sunup. Right. And you could see, uh, I figured it was Hellbop right away. You could see it was a streak. It was a little elongated and had a brighter point at the left side, and that was a ways away from the sun. The sun hadn't quite come up over the hill yet. Well, that could be hell, Bob. Well, just to the right of that, there was another bright spot, and I'm not sure if that was a planet. I'm like you. I just got a telescope, and I haven't got a chance to use it, and it's raining right now. So That's my problem. <laughs> it's been pretty bad weather down there. Uh, if you think washing your car brings on rainstorms, buying a telescope, uh, <laughs> you know, brings on something that Noah would begin building for. Yeah, uh, especially up here. We seem to be uh, having our fair share of it. That slide that came down here in Oregon uh, during that last rainstorm around the first of the year mm -hmm. missed my house by two blocks. Oh, my. So uh, that my neighbors have been digging out for a while. They Sorry to hear that. I've had a track hoe up here and digging big ditches. It's it, nasty and it's uh, raining pretty good now the river just came right up yeah it's been it's been uh, uh thank you very much a very rough year weather-wise it is going to be worse I, this is not a long-term prediction nor is it something gleaned through some great remote viewing or um, psychic ability because i have none of the above i just think that the weather is going to continue to worsen that is to say to become more severe the hurricane seasons, worse. More tornadoes in North America were particularly prone. Uh, more um, incredible amounts of rain or snow.
colder than it ought to be, hotter than it ought to be. Extremes. That's what I see coming. Wildcard Line, you're on the air. KQMS, Northern California. Well, well, well. Hi. Hi. Hey, you know on the NBC News how they have that segment called Fixing America? Uh, on tonight. Sixteen America? Fixing. Oh, Fixing America. Yes, of course. Yeah, you know what? Every time I see that, it really grates on my nerves. Because they're making the assumption that something is wrong with us. There's nothing wrong with us. Aren't you, like, on the air making money right now? Oh, yes. Aren't there families out there raising children, getting up every day with the son? Yes. Doing their job? Yes. Isn't our government still running? It's still running. And they just assume that something's wrong with us, that we need to be fixed. And I think they give America poor self-image. Well, I want them to call it Balancing America. Well, why don't you send that off to them? That's what I call you for. Well, maybe they're listening. You know they're listening. Chicken. <laughs> what? Chicken. Chicken what? Chicken breakfast. No. Never. Now, you already know what she's making. No. I have no idea. That's why it's such a good test. Well, is she, is she awake? Uh, better not change your mind just because not, I said that. Not at, not at the moment, no. Okay. No. Are you going to make Now, if, if I have chicken in the morning, uh... I will be really surprised. Really? Okay. Okay? It was just my, my best thing. Well, I'm, it's your shot. I mean, well, that's I know fun. you love barbecue chicken. Okay. So, that's why I said it. Thanks and for the Wait a minute, wait a minute, one more thing. What? I'm not going to send you any more mail. Why is that? Well, because of, you have such a problem with mail. You are right. But you know why I don't, I send mail and I don't send anything else? Why? Because nobody can fake my mail. You know what I mean? Well, yes, they could. They, they could write a letter and, and sign it to now, and how would I know? Well, I put my return address on it, and I also put something in the envelope every time I send it. That's true. That's right. Well, I'll tell you, though, thank you. Anybody can fake anything, really, these days. I mean, uh, computer technology is allowed... I'm afraid just about anything to be, uh, my, I mean, my gosh, even copy machines these days can turn out, unfortunately, credible copies of U.S. currency. It's a real problem. Wildcard Line, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, this is Wyatt from Portland, Oregon. Yes, sir. And I just want to tell you, first of all, on the glue thing, acetone actually takes super glue off. Well, I know it does, but it's still a pain in the butt. I agree. And why is it that you can't super glue something without, and I, I've got even the newest dispensers where you push a little thing mm -hmm. and it puts a little blob on there, mm -hmm. but I still end up with it on myself. I know. You would think after all the years of inventing something like super glue, they would have a way of making it easy to use. I, I agree. But there's even super glue gel, and that's a little better. Well, but it doesn't matter. I get it on me no matter what. Well, there's a thing for all the inventors out there right now. I mean, let's come up with a tube that can actually make this stuff come out right. Hmm? Well, I guess the original stuff was really bad because it was just like, you know, water, liquid, and it flowed that easily, and, of course, it hardened immediately. <laughs> so you're doomed. All right, sir, thank you very much for the call. I've tried, and I love super glue. I mean, I use it for a variety of things. Super glue is wonderful, except 
it is not possible to use it without booing yourself. And then you're sitting there going, uh, pulling it off. Uh, acetone, sure, but I mean, then, you know, it's pretty rough on your skin. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. Hello, Art. How are you today? All right. Or this morning. <laughs> Reasonably well, sir. Yes, I was uh, calling. I sent a, uh, a fax in, uh, a little bit earlier this morning uh, to you concerning some craters uh, that I uh, found in the woods about uh, four months ago. Craters? Yes. Uh, very strange. Uh, <clears throat> we, uh, My wife and I actually found it. We thought there were sinkholes mm -hmm. uh, at first. Right. And uh, <clears throat> we got to looking around the... Uh, the area a little bit, and uh, the trees were burnt. Oh. And uh, uh, so you're thinking meteorites? That's what we thought at first. Uh -oh. uh, we had a, uh, I called uh, several meteorite dealers to uh, see if they would be interested in having me send them a sample. Yeah. And. Uh, you're, you're saying now, wait a minute, you're saying you found something at the bottom of the craters. We did find uh, some heavy rock-like objects. Um, they were uh, kind of a uh, old iron composite, and we, we uh, sent them to a university and had them tested. Yes. And uh, they didn't find any nickel in them. Um, so all the people that we talked to said, uh, well, they're not meteorites. Well, I, I got a hold of a professor uh, in the Northeast, and uh, he came down and looked at, at the site. And uh, um, he said that they weren't sinkholes, and and uh, he didn't really think that they were uh, meteorite craters because of, I don't know, the way they were dispersed and, and other things. But uh, the trees were, were actually laid over arched over the holes, and just uh, some of them were just burnt to a crisp. Some of them were uh, blown out of the ground and, and uh, burned up on the inside, too. So what do you think? Well, I'm not sure. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's in an uh, old Indian uh, site, like a prehistoric area. Yeah. And uh, after we... Um, <clears throat> A little bit worse. After we found that uh, uh, that area, I found out that uh, this this was found in in, uh, in Missouri in, in some in some pretty deep uh, woods. And uh, you know, there, after this after this occurred, um, a number of very strange things started uh, started to happen. I started hearing about uh, excavation sites in, in the northern part of Missouri around uh, Cahoka. So, what do you want to do about all this? Well, um, I would like to know, you know, <laughs> if there's anybody else that has uh, found anything like this. I know that uh, there have been a uh, – I started listening to your show a couple of months ago and uh, thought I would, uh, uh, you know, see if if, uh, uh, if there was anybody else that had uh, found any, any types of uh, strange impact uh, craters. Um, or any kind of uh, tree, and we even found trees that were twisted in half and, and burn marks up in, up in the tops of the trees. All right, well, we will now ask. You have asked, so we'll find out. Maybe they were 
pods. And maybe one of those pods has already disgorged its ugly soft center and you, sir, are carrying it. Maybe you're normally a very gregarious kind of guy. But we're hearing the new pod, you. Wildcard line, you're on the air, huh? Hey, all right, how's it going? It's going. Hey, uh, what have you guys been talking about tonight? I had your uh, station cut off. You did? How did you get them to cut off? No, I had somebody else cut it off on me, and they won't let me listen. <laughs> why Why won't they? Uh, they say I'm too addicted um, to your show. Really? Yeah, I think it's who, I think who, it's a joke. Who, who did that? Oh, my sister. Your sister? Yeah. You would let your sister cut off your radio and wouldn't let you listen? Actually, it's her. <laughs> it's her right well. Yeah. See, there you go. But, uh, so what are you guys talking about tonight? Still talking about Courtney Brown? Um, if you wish. Well, I, w I wouldn't mind talking about that Trojan swarm of uh, asteroids you brought up uh, last uh, week or so ago. Uh, the ones the scientists have detected, yes. Yes. Okay, what about them? Uh, do you have any more information on them, and are they... Still headed towards the sun, and as far as I know, yes. Because uh, I think that might just take over the uh, the media hype. Uh, well, that the remote viewers were attempting to to expose. Just uh, the asteroids in general that are out there. Well, there's going to be. Uh, thank you for the call. A gee, now you can't hear me, can you? Uh, there's going to be a. Um, a program called Asteroid on NBC in February. Have you seen the trailers, the promos for it? The sky is falling. Asteroid in February. And they're beginning to show some of the scenes from it. Pretty cool. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello? Going once. Going twice, gone. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, have a statement about uh, Courtney Brown. Personally, uh, oh, I'm Terry in San Antonio, by the way. Yes, sir. Um, I personally think that Courtney is a, is a fraud, uh, and the remote viewing is a, is a yank of a chain, to tell you the truth. Well, then you think remote viewing is a fraud. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I disagree. Well, um, he... he Said he his people remotely review, remotely viewed this thing out by the comet. Okay, I'm not specifically defending Courtney Brown's no. remote viewing. I'm saying that I think remote viewing itself that there is something valid, something to it. Okay, uh, have you ever attempted it yourself? Never. Okay. It requires going through quite a course, and there's a specific discipline. It's not just like sitting down and um, going through this little whatever it is they right. do, right. you know, it's this discipline. Okay. Well, that you know, that's a, that's a personal thing, and uh, um, that was my belief. And I just wanted to say I listen to your program a lot. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you, and take care. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello, Art. This is Ken going to Grand Cash in uh, Alberta, Canada. Hi there. Hi. Uh, a couple months, I guess, is a six, seven months ago, just before you went on your trip, uh, your boat cruise, in Parkland County, Florida, there was an attack on a car. That's I right. It was a Lexus. Yes. Did you hear anything else about that? Mm, no, 
the attack occurred, um, they, had, they, they had a photograph in the newspaper of the scratch marks on the Lexus. Uh, so it really did occur, but no follow-up. Oh, okay. That's what I wanted to know. Okay, thanks a lot. Thanks. All right, you're welcome. Take care. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Oh, Art, this is Craig in Hickory, Kentucky. Hi, Craig. Uh, I think that Courtney Brown has an obligation uh, to come forth with the name of the astronomer, because if he does not, uh, I think a lot of people are going to agree with me there never was an astronomer to begin with that uh, supposedly took these pictures. That is going to be one major conclusion of a lot of people. And uh, I believe there is something to remote viewing, probably, that the uh, techniques practiced by Courtney Brown, according to Major Dames, are not the proper ones, and probably he would be a better person to talk to about the subject. Well, on the 30th of this month, we're going to be doing that. Major Dames is my guest already scheduled for the 30th. I see. I'll look forward to that program, Mark. I'm sure many will. All right, sir, thank you. Uh, oh, I'm sure there are going to be a lot of people... Uh, and that is, that is going to be very, very interesting. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, Art. Andrew here from San Francisco. I beg you to tell me, what is the music you play every day at the beginning of the show? It's called Midnight Express. It is from a movie of the same name. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. That was easy. Easy, easy. Wildcard line, you're on the air. No, you're not. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello, Art. Hi. Hi, this is Marie in St. Paul. Yes. I'm wondering if anybody has uh, called in with information about the earthquake that occurred in China this evening. What magnitude? Um, I believe it was 6.6. 6. Uh, I heard it on the uh, Australian shortwave service. Um, I don't have that yet, but I'm sure I will get it. 6.6, 6. do you know in what part of China? It was in the West Central region. I don't remember the name of the province. West Central. That would probably be a fairly unpopulated uh, area. I don't know. Hmm. Not familiar. All right. Um, we'll look into it. Okay. The way they build in China uh, with bamboo and so forth, uh, pretty flimsy structures, uh, a high-magnitude quake has big consequences. And that might be big enough to have consequences. So we'll check into it. From the high desert... This is CBC. East of the Rockies at 1-800-825-5033. 1-800-825-5033. This is the CBC Radio Network. It is that, or internationally, you get hold of the AT&T operator. There we go. And have her call 800-893-0903. That's 800-893-0903. If it comes through AT&T, it is toll-free. And on that line, you are on the air. Good morning. Where are you calling from? 
Hi, Art. I'm calling from Okinawa in Japan. Okinawa in Japan. Cool. Uh, welcome to the show. I spent a lot of time, a lot of time on Okinawa, and I guess it has changed a lot. Where are you on the island? Yeah, I'm on Kadena Air Force Base. Oh, that's where I was. Was, was you in the Air Force? I was. Well, I, I was. I was a medic there, and uh, I remember uh, Kadena and Gate 2 very well. <laughs> yeah, they kind of tamed it down, and but it's still kind of a got its education. <laughs> Outside gate two. <laughs> I'll have to tell all the audience about that someday. <laughs> but yeah, your your eight hundred number really does work. I wasn't sure. I was sitting here listening on my computer through the internet, and uh, thought I'd give you a call see if it worked. Hey, while I've got you, I uh, I heard there was a pretty substantial earthquake uh, about a hundred and fifty or two hundred miles from Okinawa the other day. Did you guys feel that? No, uh-uh. I haven't felt an earthquake for, I don't know, several months. Oh, very good. Um, you're in the military there? Yes, uh-huh. Uh, what what kind of uh, job do you do in the military? I'm a supply person. All right. Uh, sit behind the desk and go outside every now and then. How, do you, how, how do you feel? Uh, how long have you been there? Yeah, I've been here since 1990, and uh, before I came here, I was in uh, mainland Japan in, Mis in Misawa for six years. So I've been over here for a long, long time. In Japan. How do you feel about coming back? I, I spent 10 years over there, and yeah. uh, it, it got to the point for me where if I had not come back to the States, I, I never would come back. It, it, I knew I never would come back. It really was that close. I was beginning to go native. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really easy to over here. It, it, it's really a different lifestyle. It's kind of a, maybe a lifestyle you think about 20, 30 years, years ago in the States. That's right. Uh, I, I joined the military to get, a, get away from the Reagan years. I kind of self-exiled, and I've just been overseas since 1985. And I don't really really want to come back right now, but uh, about time, I suppose. I've got two kids. I'm a single parent, and I'm, all I see on, is on the news about the uh, crime and the drugs and everything. kind of concerned about that there. Here, it's real safe. Kids can go out pretty much. And well, there have been a lot of changes. Um and you're in the situation I'm in. If you don't come back pretty soon, uh, you probably won't come back at all. <laughs> right. And so. it's like I'm, I'm trying to get married to one of the local girls here in June. So. I see. Uh, well, congratulations. I, I wish you well. Uh, Thanks, and when you when you leave Okinawa, you will miss it like crazy for a while. Believe me. I think I will. Uh my fiance, she wants to go to Europe, so we'll see what Europe is all about. Wants to go to Europe. Uh, I'd like to make a comment. I'm very glad that a show like yours is around. I'm getting so sick of the Rush Limbaugh crowds on the talk radio. It's ugh, makes me sick. <laughs> well, we're just doing something a little different. That's all. Uh, I take it you've got us on the internet over there. Yeah. Uh, right now it's seven o'clock in the evening on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So when I come get off work, I usually. Past couple of weeks, I've been trying to tune into you because you seem to come in pretty good on the internet. Some of the other stations don't. All right. Well, we're happy to hear it, and we thank uh, the Audio Net people uh, in um, Dallas. Thank you very much. You bet. And hey, don't forget, the United States is still the best country in the world, even though I may not like policies and some living conditions there. As far as freedom, it, it is a free, free, a very free place. I you better believe it. Uh, thank you very much. You better believe it. You do a little traveling, and you find that out. The years I spent uh, in the Orient uh, were very strange years indeed, first in the Air Force, then as a civilian. And you really do reach a kind of a breaking point.
And I thought this over very, very carefully. And I knew that if I didn't come back pretty soon, despite the reacclimation problems I was going to have, that I would never come back. It was that close. You know, I was beginning they use the term going native. Well, you do. And you get so used to the way things are there. When I first came back to the uh, United States, I, I wanted to leave. I wanted to leave. I missed Okinawa. It was home. I said, boy, I did a dumb thing. I never should have left. And it took a while. And I was right. You know, if I had stayed there very much longer, I would have completely uh, gone native, and that would have been that. I'd still be there uh, right now. That was kind of nice to hear from Okinawa. All right, back to it we go. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Morning, Arthur. This is John from Westville. How are you doing? Uh, just fine. Well, I've got a couple things here. Um, first thing, uh, do you remember I'm the guy that sent you the photos of Spaceship Isle? Oh, yes, of course. Well, first thing I was wondering, did you ever get a hold of Al? Uh, yes, I did. And uh, I, I, I kind of did a pre-interview with him. <laughs> and um, I determined that I'd better sit back and think about it a little bit. That's kind of what I was afraid of. <laughs> I guess he talked your head off, among other things. <laughs> um, well, he, um, let's see, how can I put this? Uh, he, he had a, uh, he had other things he would rather talk about. This is, this is true. <laughs> uh, um, it doesn't matter, though. Uh, as they say, a picture is a thousand words. And that photograph of Spaceship Bow will go down forever and ever as one of the great classics in my mind. Oh, yeah. Um, did, did he tell you that he worked for a Boeing aircraft? No. He didn't? No, he didn't. Well, he, uh, it's one thing I forgot to tell you, but he told me that he uh, worked for Boeing years ago, among his other million things he wanted to talk about. But um, a couple more things I was wanting to uh, talk to you about is, um, let's see here, uh, about the time traveler. Oh, yes. You know, it's kind of a shame that people uh, base their opinions on somebody who is just not a good public speaker. I know, but that's what they do. You, know, I mean, okay. you, you can't stop the way people are. If, if somebody is not a polished speaker, they, they form an opinion. It's just the way it is. Uh, however, I predicted after that show that I would get more mail and email about it than anything I had done in a long time, and that is exactly what occurred. It's still coming in. I mean, people are as fascinated, interested, um, delighted, or angered by it as they can be. And so that made it a good show. It was a good show. And if I find somebody else with another time machine, I will interview them. Good deal. I appreciate you doing it. And as oh. far as Space of is concerned, I haven't given up on it. Uh, what I said was that... I, I, I thought I thought at the time I better think about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, one more thing. Uh, I've been on the internet for a while, but for the life of me, I don't know what this is. Uh, I've I've got a small business that I'm fixing to put on the internet for advertising on my own web page. Yes, sir. And I've got a bunch of people that well, the people the news group that I'm in doesn't call it this, but there's some people that call it spam. S P A M. Yes. For the life of me, I don't know what that means. Um, it's apparently not good. Uh, no, it's not good. It's uh, it's just a, it, it's another way of saying a bunch of baloney. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Um, 
Well, I guess that's about it, but I uh, sure appreciate the time, and I uh, look forward to the interview with that thing. All right, take care. Uh, yes, on the 30th at Dooms. He's got a major announcement to make. We'll see what it is. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, Art. Yes. Um, oh, wow, that's a tired much for Um, Larry Motts is on the other night with the haunting. Yes, on uh, Dreamland. Yeah, and um, I just heard it last night. I didn't realize it was a repeat until today. But it was not a repeat. I did that yesterday. Um, yeah, but I heard it at 11 o'clock because the station I hear had a basketball game on. Oh, I see. Well, some stations, you know, when they have sports on, they uh, delay it just long enough so you can hear it. Yeah. So um, but I was really interested, and in, in, I'm wondering if you're going to have them on again anytime soon. Well, uh, considering I just had them on yesterday. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> I know. I mean, uh, I'll have them on again, but, you know, let's let a little time pass. Oh, yeah, I just... I. I have a, um, well, I'm wondering, do they charge to come out and, and uh, check out a house? I guess you would have to ask that. That's one question we did not ask. Because um, I, I, I used to live in this house, and, and I'm still living in the same town. And it just has a really interesting background to it. And, and uh, it still bothers me, even though I don't live there anymore. Is it haunted? Um. Well, I I think so. It's it's hard to tell people that because they think you're crazy, unless they've seen it. And but there's still all the things that happened there had witnesses and different witnesses. Is it going on now? I don't know. I know the people that live there, but I don't know if I don't ever talk to them. Well, maybe you should ask them. Uh, I doubt they would be interested in investigating something that uh, is not going on now. Well, yeah, but this has been going on for years. What I'm saying is, for them to actively investigate something or for it be, uh, to be worth their while, they would have to know it would still be going on now. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, you couldn't investigate. Well, I understand that. But um, it's, it's just, it's, uh, I think even they could go just outside the house and um, see if there's any kind of strange forces or any kind of activity because... The yard beside it um, used to be an old hanging tree. There's three trees in the yard, and one of them used to be the hanging mm. tree back in the 1800s. Yes. And because next door to the house was the old courthouse and jail. And so you think maybe it's haunted? I'm, I've got you by some of the people that were hung there. Hang there. Uh, that could be. But again, uh, in order to investigate something, it's got to be ongoing. And I would imagine that would be enough uh, to spark their interest. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Uh, hi. Uh, I was talking about the guy who uh, talked about the holes in Missouri. Uh, yes. And ask, uh, he was asking if anybody else, you know, he talked about the trees and all the rest of it. Yeah, I can't explain the trees, but uh, back in the uh, mid uh, 1800s all the way up to the 1930s, people used to dig holes in the ground looking for gold mm -hmm. and then pile the dirt up around the hole. And if there's dirt piled up around the hole, uh, it's probably an old gold mine. So there, there's some, not a mine, but that's just like a... Like well, a that's, a, that's an interesting explanation except for the trees. Yeah, that's why I was going to say the trees. So I appreciate your submission, sir, but uh, it does not explain the scorched 
even broken and twisted trees, as, so, as though something came slamming down into the earth. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, is this Art? I'm the only one here, sir. Hi, Art. Uh, this is Jerry. I've been listening to you uh, from Phoenix for about four years now. Mm-hmm. And, boy, you've really grown in a number of stations. I'm impressed. Yes, it's big. Um, I was calling, well, first of all, spamming. One caller asked what that was. And that's when a person will send to a lot of news groups all at once. In yeah, other words, they yeah just... but it's generally BS. Yeah, right. It, it really is. Uh, but anyways, I, I, with the in reference to um, Hal Bop and uh, the companion and so forth, right. and Courtney, I, you know, this is a time-sensitive issue. I think if we just wait a little bit, we'll see what's happening with Hal Bop and. Uh, you know, we can sort of hold out and see a little bit what happens with uh, with Courtney and not have to make judgments right now. We can wait a little bit. Although we, you know, I guess human nature makes us want to just rush out there and get answers right now. I know I'd like to have answers today. But uh, I sort of like him to make up his mind, let us know within a reasonable amount of time. Well, I think he has. Yeah, that, that may be. But anyways, I, I, you know, I just really enjoy your show, and I just want to say uh, I'm listening to you every night down here in Phoenix. Thank you, my friend. Right. Take Have care. A good one. You too. Um, all I can do is try and uh, tell you the truth, follow the truth. You know, and some people think uh, that that they interpreted uh, my pressing Courtney the other night as some sort of inquisition. And uh, I did not intend it that way at all. I intended, in fact, I understood fully what Courtney was doing to himself. And if I pressed, it was because I was trying to get him to uh, uh, mitigate the damage that I knew was being done. Here's another fax. Uh, Art, just a word, read Courtney Brown. I remember clearly and precisely the understanding you had with him as per the release of the astronomer's photos. Initially... He, the astronomer, was to have come forward within one week of the original announcement of his existence and findings by Courtney Brown. You indicated then, at the onset, you would wait for that week, and then if he, the astronomer, was not forthcoming, you would release the photos. This would, in effect, identify the planetarium, the associated university, and thus the man's identity. That week expired long, long ago while I was talked into waiting. People should remember that you hung yourself out there all this time in considering sensitivity to both Courtney Brown and the astronomer. You not only kept your word to them both, but you went weeks beyond the duration of your commitment. Your credibility is not only intact, but your courage and sensitivity are underscored as well. Thank you. This problem has nothing to do with comets or remote viewing. This is an issue of character. And yours, my friend, has proven to be intact. If one could say as much for the astronomer or Courtney Brown, both of them would be resting comfortably tonight instead of pacing the floor, and you can bet they are, waiting for their respective reputations to come crashing down. Let's keep the focus where it belongs, on truth and your word. Both are alive and doing well, and that's the whole point. That's the message that's loud and clear. Gerald in Rancho Mirage. Thank you. I hope that is correct, and I believe it to be. Uh, I told you the truth about this from the get-go to the get-in, whatever the end is. If, the, if there can be a get-go, there should be a get-in, right? West of the Rockies, you're on the air. 
Hello, Arvel. Hello. Um, I sent you something about the alien autopsy a little while ago. Yes. Did you get that? Uh, the email? Yeah. Yes, I saw it, uh-huh. Do, do you have the alien autopsy tape? Uh, yes, I do. Um, later on, you should look at it and see if you see the same thing. Uh, what is it that you tell the audience what you saw? Well, I was looking at it to put it on the computer. Yes. And while I was looking, like, you know, those things are supposed to be meant for documentation only, yeah? Yeah. So they wouldn't really, like, edit it, right? Well, th it was edited by the people who uh, presented it for commercial uh, presentation. Well, this part didn't seem like it was edited for commercial presentation. Oh, uh, what is the flaw you found? Well, um, it's towards the end part. This one of the people is holding something in the right hand. Yes. And almost like in a split second, it's all of a sudden in left hand. Hmm. I will check my copy of it. All right, and I sent you, you know how at the bottom it says, like, what the time is? Yes. Um, on the attached file, it says what the time was. All right, that'll make it easy. Yeah. All right? Okay. Thank you very much. But you've got right. to remember there was commercial editing. In other words, they prepared that for a commercial broadcast, and it was presented in clips, so it was, in fact, edited for what it's worth. Uh, the autopsy has never been absolutely proven by anybody or anything to be a fake. Yet, nobody knows. This is CBC. on the wild card line at 702-727-1295. That's 702-727-1295. First-time callers can reach Art Bell at 702-727-1222. 702-727-1222. Now, here again, Art Bell. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning, Art. Good, uh, good morning to you. Uh... Father Malachi Martin made a statement there as far as what he thought of the Big Bang before the Big Bang. You remember that? Um, I don't remember exactly what he said. Do you? Well, in essence, he was saying that, you know, God sort of dispersed his being and became the universe. If, if I understood well, Was it. that Malachi that said that? I thought it was somebody else. Uh, but that may be... No, I think that was somebody else. Um, Maybe it was. I had, a, I had another guest on Dreamland who said that God was a lonely entity. True. And that he, in effect, blew himself up and created all that is. Uh, that was not Father Martin. Okay, well, I'm not mistaken on that. I know I heard it on your show, though. Yeah, oh, no question. All right, well, my premise is, is quite simply, you know, with what we know of physics today, where... For every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. Right. Do you agree? Right. 
All right, and there's a good side and an evil side. Now, what I'm going to present here, I hope, will make some sense. Uh, I've been thinking about this for about two months now. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, quite simply, where the Earth's solar system is located in the universe, you've seen that picture of the universe where yeah, we're, you we're, are here. We are in the suburbs. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And what I was thinking, just for thought, was quite simply, if God had an evil side, where would he want to send it? As far away from his center core as possible, wouldn't he? I guess so. And banish the evil towards that side? Yeah. Could it be possible that we are actually... The evil? The evil. And we've been sent out to the hinterlands of the universe to get out of his way, like expelling a cancer. That's a pretty negative point of view. Well, no. All right. Quite simply, man has always had a very high opinion of itself. It has no boundaries on its imagination. Would you agree with that? <laughs> yes. All right. At the same time, we have created gods upon gods upon gods, going back, you know, from the earth, wind, and fire, sure. and everything else to uh, Mount Olympus with Zeus. Now, what a farce that was. Yes. But if we took that time machine that you had on the other night and went back to the ancient Greece, when Zeus was up on Mount Olympus and we mm -hmm. told them they were all myths in the yeah. 21st century, what, what happened to us? I don't know. I think we'd be shot or stabbed or whatever, torn apart, drawn and quartered. Uh, yeah, probably. Well, this is what I'm saying. and uh, know, Or burned, maybe even burned at the stake. If we could come back to Earth three or four or five thousand years from now and find out that everything that we've believed up to this point was still absurd. Because if it's true that God did, to use our God, Robert A. Heinlein's word, discorporate himself mm -hmm. and just spread himself all over the universe, quite simply, uh, we could be, like I said, the actual creation of a very lonely devil. Well, actually, uh, in my view, if you could go ahead in time, you'd probably also be burned at the stake. Because by then you would be challenging all the revisionist history that had taken place. And you would be virtually a heretic. So go forward or backward with present knowledge, and they'd burn you or shoot you or whatever the modern form of liquidation with prejudice would be. <laughs> Wild card line, you're on the air. Hi. Morning, Art. Good morning. Ed in Salt Lake. Yes, sir. Oh, I just wanted to say that I I think that you did everything right in regard to Courtney Brown. Well, I tried to. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he owes a lot more responsibility to, you know, 10 million listeners and people who buy his books than he does to an astronomer that perpetuated a fraud upon him. You know, I think... Well, first of all, we don't know that the astronomer perpetuated the fraud. That's trouble. We don't know who yeah. did it. Uh, he handed the photo, apparently, according you know, to Courtney, right. to Courtney, uh, or to Prudence, and they had hours and hours and hours of discussions about yeah. it all. So they had to be fairly satisfied that they had something good in their hands. Um, at this point... Uh, without being able to follow the trail, and I'm utilizing what resources I have to try and follow the trail, um, the public is going to perceive just about what you're saying right now. Yeah. Very um, damaging. One other thing. Hmm. Have, have you, did you ever read Black Alert at Gondo Station? Oh, yes. 
<laughs> you're in it. Well, I know. one of the, one of the technicians. <laughs> I I know. Yeah, I, I'm not quite done yet, but so far, damn, it's a barn burner. Yeah, it's a good book. Uh, I it's it's thank you. It's very neat to be included in books. Yeah, I I knew I was in that book. <laughs> oh my. I'm beginning to be included in a lot of things uh, these days. Then there was Mars attacks. Well, you know, why do you think they attacked Trump, huh? <laughs> anyway, I can take a joke. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Uh, good morning, Art. This good is good David from Chicago. Hi, David. I heard you talking a little while ago this morning about Courtney Brown this weekend having told you that, that you knew only a tiny fraction, one thousandth of the story. That's what he said, yes. Okay. Now, it seems to me that when he was on the radio with you Thursday night, and he acted as though he really didn't know what was going on, he was really covering up. Well, if he, he was knows... Really, he was really lying. If he knows a thousand times more than he said, um, I don't know about lying, but... Yeah. Cer certainly uh, not telling us all he knew. I, I, he's putting himself up on a moral pedestal. Because he wouldn't tell me. So, yes, I mean, with it this, is a... With this big thing about, oh, I could never reveal my sources. Yeah, it is a fair... I'm from childhood. It is, it, it is a fair conclusion to say he knows more than he has said. Period. He admitted that to me. So, there you go. And, and you don't want to use the word lying, but I say he's a liar. Well, I'm sorry to have to say it, but he, I think he's a liar. Um, and I think he's doing it out of fear. I think he's been put in a corner in some way. He feels very fearful about something. All right. Well, that that's your opinion. Hope he comes clean. Oh, okay. Thank you very much for the call. Um, all I would say is he does not know all he... Uh, he has not told all he knows. Being left the way it is, I don't conclude anything except that I understand how the public is going to perceive it. And for Courtney, it's very damaging. Very damaging. And I had a lot of, um, I, I had a, even though my weekends are very short, there were a lot of hours involved of uh, introspection about everything that occurred. I thought it over very hard, believe me. And I reviewed my own actions very carefully, too. Very carefully. I don't like what happened. Nobody can like what happened. I know of no way to change what occurred. I know that if I had never released that photograph, that it would never have been found to have been a fraud. That's for sure. Uh, but once it was released, and I, I still view that as the absolute proper uh, action, and then once it was released, uh, identified as a fraud, within hours I was on the air with it. And I don't know of any other thing that I should have done or could have done. I was bound by my word not to release that photograph uh, to anybody until I finally released it uh, publicly. So it's not like I could go strolling into it, uh, into some astronomer or some university uh, with that photograph. That would have uh, certainly uh, broken my word, particularly at the beginning.
And then by the time two months had gone by, I might as well just release it publicly, which I did. Within 24 hours, we knew from whence it came. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Well, good morning, Art. Good morning. This is Gibson, Denver. Yes, sir. And I've got a couple of things. First, I've been meaning to tell you the last few times I talked to you, I have a new sound for you. See if you can play your screaming kitty with the voice diffuser. Can you do that? No. Oh, I was thinking maybe if you could get one to work with the other, it would make a great sound. The second thing is in looking at the Vatican Observatory. Yes. And the history of it. I found the thing on the net that they started that in 1582 to study the scientific data required for the reform of the calendar, which I found very interesting. And well, uh, what about the one down in Arizona? Well, that's related to it. That's just an offshoot because the one in Rome was too close to the light, you know, in the city, and they wanted better air, and they wanted better viewing. I see. Uh, in order to uh, uh, correct the calendar, is that correct? Well, no. In 1582... No, no, I'm, I'm talking about now. Mount Graham was just built. Right. Now they've just continued their astronomical research. Uh, for what reason? To, as they say, to... Uh, uh, well, I think it was to study the spectra of the stars, you know, to classify them. That's the job of astronomers. Right. And that's kind of their background. When I checked into a bunch of the people that they've got with this, they're mathematicians, they're physicists, and a lot of them became Jesuits after they had done their work in uh, mathematics and physics. I see. Well, I suppose, you know, they can do anything they want, but with regard to... The observatory of Mount Graham, I am not satisfied that I understand the motivation for having that there. For the incredible political clout that was required uh, from Rome to get all that done. Past the environmental regulations. <laughs> On native uh, land. Right <laughs> past it. Got it all done. In and operating. By the way, I've got some photographs of it. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hi, Mr. Bell. Yes, sir. I was just wondering, um, do you feel that you bear much responsibility for allowing the propagation of that fraud without properly checking it out yourself? How would I have done that? Well, I mean, I, I would think that common sense would say that one photo of uh, something taking place, I mean, astronomer upon, upon astronomer would have taken dozens of photos as the thing was getting closer. Well, that's, he claims to have those. But relying upon one source for promise. No, I had two sources: uh, Prudence Calabresi and Professor, uh, a tenured professor at Emory University. But they're both uh, basically one voice, almost they're the same. That's fair to say. But it was two people, um, both of cla uh, whom claimed to have uh, talked to this top ten university astronomer. Now, the, um, I'm just wondering. Uh, do you feel any responsibility for that, or, or your stories in the future, your parents? No, and if the question is, would I put on a similar claim, for example, based on similar evidence, the answer is yes, I would. You would? I mean, without... I absolutely would. Without checking out your source. And, I mean, the, thing, the, the reason I bring this up is when I was listening to some of your, your listeners um, over the 
Mm-hmm. We have all this life on this planet that's going flying into extinction faster than even the Cretaceous extinction 65 million years ago. And uh, people don't really care too much about our species, but they're thinking about life on other planets. And they're, uh, Why do you think that is? I think it is because of a, a long history of propaganda, uh, but it's a long story. That's, that's another story, but it's just a sad thing. Well, to answer your question directly, given um, the, the level of the person who approached me, a professor, tenure, at, a, at Emory, which is a gigantic university, um, prestigious, um, and as much evidence as he did supply, which was a photograph. Um, yes, I would put the story on the air again today. I wouldn't be surprised if he was going to wait till April 1st and tell you April Fool's and, and egg on everybody's face. I would hope that in the future. I don't, that, I don't think so. I would just hope that in the future that before you put paranormal stories on and all that, because it seems that there's a lot of people that oh, want yeah, then to The answer is no. Uh, given that much credibility going in, I would put it on the air again. And I, I also, by the way, put on stories with a lot less credibility than that. You see, I guess that's the difference between paranormal and real science. Real science would be It absolutely is. I'm not claiming, in a lot of cases, for example, I put up pictures of chupacabras. I put people on the air who claim they have made time machines. But what about money invested? Was the, weren't people gaining financially from the spot? Uh, who? Uh, this Farsight Institute and all of that. Well, it was awfully short-term, uh, if that was the case, and with the damage done, I would think a lot more is lost than gained, wouldn't you? Well, I don't know. I have no idea how much money was involved. It's just, uh, I would just tell people to get a reality. As far as, I know, as far as I know, there was no money involved at all. Well, no, that's I, don't know of any, I don't know of anybody who made any money. Well, that's, that's as far as you know, though. Well, can you, can you tell us any differently? Well, I, I, yeah, I, if you can, go ahead. I remember one night listening, and uh, someone was saying, I will give you any amount of money if you'll teach me this, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> the comment someone made. Yeah, well, all right. Saying, well, uh, we're all filled up and all of this stuff. But, uh, uh, no, uh, no. That, first of all, you've got it wrong. That was Major Dames. Uh, Major Dames uh, is all filled up and uh, has been for a long time. shows you how carefully people listen. They, they don't listen to what's... They hear half of something or only hear what they want to hear. That was Major Ed Dames. And he doesn't take new people into his school. Now, did people go and take the Farsight course? Maybe some did. I don't know. But uh, if, if you're looking at the, uh, at the financial gain aspect of it, nah. The long-term damage is going to far, far, far exceed the, uh, the whatever short-term gain the gain there might have been for the institute. I'm sure. So now uh, I don't read it that way. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good evening, Art. How are you? I'm fine. Um, I just wanted to talk about the concept of time, an interesting subject. All right. Do you believe in absolute time, or do you believe Einstein's um, theory of relativity and some of the implications that are involved? In other words, um, I, I've explained many times what I think about time. My own personal view is that um, it basically is our invention. It, it really is because it, it's an illusion in a certain extent to each individual. In fact, it's been proven that it, it, a clock, two clocks, 
that are perfectly in sync. If one is above the other in altitude, well, the one on the bottom will run slower. Yeah. Oh, you've heard about that. Well, I've heard of experiments where clocks were put in airplanes and flown at great speeds in opposite directions. Mm-hmm. Uh, not one above the other, so that's new to me. So that would mean that someone that lives on the top of a mountain, if they were twins, would age slower than someone that lived at sea level. And, uh, no, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, that's true. That's something that physicists believe. You should have a physicist on someday. Well, in that case, uh, the people in Denver should have uh, a life expectancies far exceeding uh, those of, say, people uh, at sea level. Well, it's a small small differential for, for that altitude. But it would You're have talking about, <laughs> about a mile. You're talking about one mile of difference. Well, true, but I'm talking about... Much higher than that, you couldn't breathe. Well, true. But if you were in a spaceship traveling at the, near the speed of light, ah, that's the twin well, paradox. That, that's that, different. You really want to try a tough question? You want to answer a tough question? Sure, go. Shoot. Let's say we're traveling at the speed of light. Or near it, since we can't. Put, okay. 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 I, well, let's say we're traveling. Oh, no. Okay. I'll make it easier for you. Okay. Uh, subjectively, uh, I suppose we're traveling at 99.9 tenths the speed of light. Gotcha so far. All right. And we're in a car, all right? Okay. And we turn the headlights on. Right. How fast uh, is that? Are, are the headlights going, the light from the headlights? The headlights, they go at the speed of light. They go at the speed of light. That's right. Uh-huh. Because they're light. So that light would just sort of crawl ahead when you turn on the headlights. It would be just a small percentage ahead of you. That's what I'm saying. It would just crawl ahead. Yep. So it wouldn't really be traveling at the speed of light. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me ask, also tell you, you got me there. What what the computer would say when it first came to life? Yeah, what? Gaga Gates. Gaga Gates, huh? That's my theory there. Uh, I thought maybe uh, a Dada Gates. Well, that's true. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for the call. Take care. First time caller line, you're on the air. Uh, yes. My name is Rose, and I live in the Bay Area of California. Hello, Rose. Um, I know you're probably getting tired of this topic, but I wanted to call in about Courtney Brown. Okay, well, no, that's all right. Uh, what I'm doing, Rose, is I'm having open lines because I realize people want to hash this out. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to let it uh, burn itself out. Right. Well, I give thought about this. I listened to the program when it was on. I listened to the rerun of it. And one of the, I, you know, when this originally happened, when he called in and told about this photo and he sent a copy to you, I was thrilled because I thought, finally, a scientist has got enough guts to come forward against the community and give out information that they have that everybody else is trying to ignore or explain away. Well, that's the way I felt about it, Rose. Okay, and I felt that Courtney was thrilled with this, and this is how he was you know, corroborating what he picked up on correct. remote viewing. That's correct. Okay. And then I know from the very beginning, from that very first show, you said that you would release it if he I didn't it. come forward I within know a reasonable Rose, time. I know. Rose, can you hold on? I, I have to break for the news. Okay. Can you? Okay. Yes, I will. All right. Stay right there.
Clark Bell, toll-free, west of the Rockies at 1-800-618-8255. 1-800-618-8255. East of the Rockies at 1-800-825-5033. 1-800-825-5033. This is the CBC Radio Network. We are the ones. Good morning, everybody. I'm Art Bell. Anything you want to talk about, open lines... It's all fair game. I've got a caller on hold. Here she is again. Go right ahead, ma'am. Okay. Um, like I said before, you when you talk to uh, Courtney Brown about this, you said that you would hold it, like he asked, uh, for a reasonable period of time. And if he didn't have this, this news conference, that you were going to go ahead and show it because you felt the people had the right to, do, to see this. That's what I said, yes. Right. I remember that from the very beginning. Okay, now I know that there was a great difference between the story that Courtney Brown saw with his remote viewing and Ed Dames saw with his on the airplane crash. Yes. So there is a difference in point of view. There seems to be a conflict there. Also, I know Ed was a little bit upset because um, Courtney changed the... Uh, the way that that he did the remote viewing, yes. so Ed admitted that he changed the way he did it from the way he was taught. But anyway, if somebody wanted to discredit Courtney Brown so that people would not listen to him and would possibly listen to Ed because Ed has worked for the government, I believe he said he still does at times work for the government. Okay? If they wanted to discredit him so that they wouldn't listen to what he said, then you became a tool to do this. They, that this was planted. If it's something that big, then it would be next to impossible if we had the name of the astronomer to go back and try to find out where it came from. Not that hard. Courtney well, Brown, they have now, too much now you, hold on. You've said quite a bit. Let me say this to you. Uh, even if Courtney Brown wasn't going to give us the name, Mm-hmm. Courtney Brown could certainly himself go to the astronomer now and say, who gave you that photograph? Right. And follow Which the... I think he's trying to do. Um, no. Or he had, anyway. No. Nope. Wrong. Well, I mean, Courtney, he didn't know Courtney it was Brown's... a forgery at the time, but he's been trying to get back with him and couldn't. Um, yeah, has called and called and called. Right. Uh, he's not going to try to pursue the physical evidence. Uh, he's made a statement that's up on the Internet this morning. Okay, that I haven't seen. And he's saying he is not going to attempt to prove uh, anything one way or the other with either the photographs, you know, the negatives that they've still got in their hand, for heaven's sakes, or uh, pursuing the astronomer to find out where the photograph came from. I have a real problem with that. Right, I understand that. And the thing that, that bothers me is that because, that you know, it's, it's human nature to do this. But it's kind of like I feel like we should say, okay, this was a forgery. Acknowledge it, accept it, and say, okay, but I am not going to allow that forgery to prevent me from being able to listen to what Courtney Brown has to say about the remote viewing of whatever he does. I want to be able to judge what I hear from him on its own merit oh, and my and own intelligence. And you can. Well, you know, if he, can't, if he doesn't come on the show then I don't know how I would have access to it. Courtney Brown has a website. He posts all his remote viewing results up there. Well, I guess I can go ahead and look through that. I, I, I hit the website at work, 
because I don't have a computer. I don't do any communication through it. I just look and see what's there at different places. Well, that's one avenue for you. Right. And, uh, you and know, I have, feel bad that, that you have been as a tool for this. Also, he has written books, and I'm, I'm no well, doubt Well, I have the more. one book. Right. That uh, I just, you know, I hope that people can, you know, I know that there's going to be a lot of people that's going to say, okay, all of this stuff, everything, since this is a forgery, everything he said is done. That's right. You know? That's and, right. And that's because they're looking for an excuse to to not accept it. Well, look. And one of these days, look, whatever though, is out there is going to hit everybody in the face, and nobody will be able to ignore it anymore. Well, maybe that'll be so. But until then, Courtney honestly has dug his own hole. And he's digging it deeper right now by not by saying he's not going to pursue trying to prove anything yeah, at all. Yeah, he shouldn't cut his bridges. Yeah, well, look, that's all. That's all I can tell you right now. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for being there, and I hope that he straightens this out and comes forth because it isn't right that that the public should be Left robbed of information that he may be able to give. All right, thank you. I. Um, I have no choice but to feel the way I do right now. There are any number of ways that Courtney, in my opinion, could now proceed with physical evidence. One is the negatives he claims that he's got. Says he's not going to pursue that. He's not going to show them to anybody, privately or publicly. So that's one avenue cut off. He's cutting it off. Another is either privately or publicly, he could pursue the astronomer. Even privately. There's no damage to the astronomer from that. And saying, where'd you get the photograph? Well, I got it from so-and-so. And pursuing that until we get to the person that committed the fraud. And so I'm sorry. Uh, he's unwilling to pursue uh, any way to clear his name. I can't do that for him unless I receive information that allows me to do that. And so far, I have not. I'm, and believe me, I've tried. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Yes, Art. I have three quick things. Sure. Fire away. Uh, first of all, the computer first words ah, yes. would be deal the cards. I'm tired of solitaire. <laughs> okay. Uh, the second thing, when you were talking to the astronomer that in Hawaii the other night, Doctor Hainan, yes, I understood him to say September of '85 it was posted. Actually, and it was, was taken August the 31st of '85, and I believe he said it twice. Right. Or '95. I'm Nin sorry. '95. Yeah, that's right. '95. So that would have made it two years ago. That's right. Okay. And the third thing, I want you to stick to the cop philosophy of who, what, when, why, where, and how, and motivation, opportunity, and motive. And I think you're following that trail very well. Best I can. If I, you know, you know, okay, thank you're you very much. You're doing a very good job, sir. Thank you. That's all you can do. Uh, unfortunately, without uh, all the information, without all the clues, the proper clues, um, you're cut off at some passes, you know, stopped. But time and uh, time has a way of uh, solving things, and I have a feeling it'll be the case here. Wild card line, you're on the air. Hey, Art. Good morning. Good morning. This is Carrie from Washington. Yes, ma'am. Um, in order to see Hale Bop, yes. 
you need to look east at the Milky Way. Right. So, well, I just picked that up off of PBS station. The trouble is uh, that for me it's not far enough above. You see, I got mountains in, in to the east. Well, I guess it's supposed to double in brightness on the 30th of January. So. Oh, I'll bet it will. So, but anyways, <laughs> been dialing all night. Now I just forgot what I was going to say real quick here. Um, what a computer would say? Oh yes. The first thing a computer would say? Yes. Would say, "Stop feeding me all of this drivel, or I'm going to have to purge." <laughs> Well, they do that on a fairly <laughs> regular basis without intelligence. All right, thank you very much. Um, at least seven people, I knew it, are dead, and ten seriously injured following two powerful earthquakes in China. The quakes were only about a minute apart. They rocked China's northwestern province, causing houses to collapse and apartment buildings to crack. In one town... The uh, tumblers knocked down the surrounding wall of a police detention center, but inmates remained locked in their cells. So there you've got it. It was in the six-point-something range, and that size of an earthquake in China, even in relatively uninhabited areas, can be very deadly. Uh, dear Art, you've been talking about your love of clocks. <laughs> Here is, I don't know if I love them. Here's a joke for you. A man passed away and was at the gate of St. Peter's, uh, St. Peter, and um, there he was saying, let me give you a tour. So the man walked with him into an auditorium where the walls were literally lined with clocks. The man said, what's with all the clocks on the wall? St. Peter said, each person has a certain amount of time on Earth, and the clocks record that time. The man looked and said, Why do all the clocks show different times? St. Peter said, Again, each person is allowed a certain amount of time on Earth, and each time they lie, their clock runs faster, and their time is shortened. Hmm. The man looked at the ceiling and saw a big clock with its hands literally twirling around and around and asked, what about that clock up there? And St. Peter said, oh, that's O.J. Simpson's. We use it as a ceiling fan. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hold on, let me hear the punchline. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got a couple things for you. Um, sure. This is Carl in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. Yes, sir. As far as your uh, radio station that I could have here? Yes. I'd, I'd love that idea. I'd call myself Art Bell Jr., and I'd pick up lots of babes. You would, huh? <laughs> I hope I hope so, anyway. Well, and it hasn't... been a little dry spell lately. I hate to tell you this, but it hasn't worked that way for me, so... <laughs> you mean you don't got a bunch of groupies? No. Well, Penn sounds like she's a groupie. Well, she's a cutie. Um, I think she's a good caller. She's a lot of fun, but I don't think she is what you think she is. <laughs> oh, okay, well... hate I... to spoil that for you, that image. Well, don't then. Okay. Hey, uh, about Courtney Brown. Yes. Uh, he's made a lot of money by be, by, by appearing on your show. Has he? Oh yeah. Well, he made he got twenty five bucks out of me. Uh, you bought his book. I bought his book. I see. And now I feel like I was jobbed. And that, I heard that would be that would be gypped. Jobbed, gypped. Uh, there's a lot of uh, verbs I could throw out that way. Please don't. 
<laughs> I get the I get the the, the feeling. But he, I I think he's made an awful lot of money appearing on your show and your listeners. You know how much everybody buys your products. You know, so everybody's going to buy the book. You know, he's had some really great shows that you had with him. He has. There's no doubt about it. And I just this incident just uh, ruins his credibility with me, and I just don't trust him anymore, and I'm glad that you're not going to have him back on your show, and no matter what he says in the future... No, I said, no, a uh, qualifier, I said, unless he comes forth with information I indicating where we can, in other words, uh, where this fraud came from. Correct. No. And he's, he's not going to do it. Well, he, you know, maybe he's going to do it, I don't know. But tell him if he wants to tell the difference. Well, first let me tell you this. I, I have a way that we can make him talk. Well, before you give that, again I want to say, whatever short-term term gain there might have been with regard to book sales or whatever. I mean, a lot of guests I have sell books, even most of them, as a matter of fact. Um, certainly is going to be offset by a long-term loss that is far greater as a result of this. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, when I heard when I heard your interview with him and uh, Whitney the other night, is it Whitney or Whitley? It's Whitley. Whitley with an L. Okay. Mm -hmm. I heard him say that he's he's wary of lawsuits and he's worried he's worried about getting sued by this professor. Well, then he could go to him privately. Right. Well, well, I'm saying how we can make him talk. Get all your listeners in the Atlanta area over around Emory University. Have them start filing frivolous lawsuits against them. Against who? Against Courtney Brown. For what? For makeup and a, a reason. They were walking down the street. And, you mean uh, just no reason at all? Well, that's uh, that's as bad as uh, that's awful, <laughs> sir. That's absolutely awful. And uh, you're stooping to a level that you should not be stooping to. This is uh, from Bill, who is a ham and who I believe runs the amateur radio news line. Art, your idea of creating a new micro-broadcasting band makes sense, but I doubt that it would satisfy the current crop of micro-broadcasters like Stephen Dunover, Radio Free Berkeley. This is because it would be years before there'd be an audience to hear the broadcast. And as I understand, most uh, micro-broadcasters want to attract existing audiences. I suspect they would be the most vocal in opposition. Also, the ITU International uh, Radio Telecommunications Conference. Well, uh, my comment would be that you might be right, and it might not satisfy them. That doesn't mean it's not a good idea, ultimately, and that if implemented, ultimately, it would not solve the problem. And again, I feel like there is spectrum becoming available as more and more services begin to utilize uh, satellites uh, and various other forms of uh, more re reliable communications rather than HF. So there would be room. I, I think it's a, a good idea. First time caller line, you're on the air. Yes, uh, my name is Diana, and I'm from Anchorage. Hi. Hi, and I'm calling about Courtney Brown. Okay. Uh, I just, I'm sure you're tired of it, but I wanted to let you know and your listeners know that I've met the man. I've taken the courses down there in Atlanta, and uh, he's a very high-principled man. I believe he's very sincere. Uh, he's got the betterment of humanity in his heart, 
and um, I believe he's been used, and I hope that it does come out that um, this has happened to the man because he doesn't deserve all the negative comments. Well, um, what you say may be absolutely true. Um, maybe, and uh, he, he uh, at this point, could act in several ways to mitigate this. And so far, he is not doing that. Yes, I understand that, and I understand your frustration and the listener's frustration as well. Uh, I'm sure that uh, what he said to you, that there was reasons why he couldn't come forth, is true, because I believe him to uh, be a very honest individual, and I'm sure that it's uh, very difficult for him. Whatever the position he is in right now, he didn't intend for it to happen this way. I'm almost willing to bet on that. Well, uh, he talks about um, believing that, uh, as a matter of fact, he said it, that why we were told that uh, we would be slammed with disinformation. Uh, he said that. Mm -hmm. Now, if he is aware that this is disinformation designed to discredit him, I cannot imagine a scenario where, either publicly or privately, he would not pursue clearing his name. Can you? Well, uh, like I say, I don't know. I'm not walking in his shoes. All I know is that I've met the man and um, talked with him, and I, I believe that he is a very high-principled man. And if, if he is protecting somebody or not coming forth for a reason, he has his reasons, and I'm sure that... Uh, they are good reasons, and I I can't imagine what they could be either. And I understand why people are coming forth and saying this and that about him. That's negative. right. And and look, the reason that I appeared so tough on him the other night was because I knew damn well the impression that was going to be left by his answers, and that's why I pressed as hard as I did. Um, and I was right about that. I mean, if you listen to the phone calls and what's being said, that's exactly the impression that was left. And I'm not saying those people are wrong, having gathered that impression based on what they heard. Right, I understand that too, and I can understand that they they are not aware the remote viewing does in fact work. Um, I took the classes; it does work. That's all I can say. And him protecting this astronomer has nothing to do with remote viewing working, and that's what's really frustrating for me because they're being all put in one big ball of wax. That's correct. Uh, there's damage to remote viewing in general. Sure, thank you, in the public's eye. There's no question about that. What that young lady uh, said is absolutely correct. I, too, believe there is something to remote viewing. I realize that um, all of this has had damaging effects, not just on Courtney, not just on uh, Prudence and the Farsight Institute, uh, but remote viewing in general. Uh, perhaps less so to remote viewing in general, and more so to Courtney um, specifically, but definite damage. And when we were doing the show, I knew that. I, I knew it well. I've been in this business a while now. I knew what kind of damage was going on. We'll be right back. By the way, there is a photograph of Area 51 on my web uh, site, and uh, in the whole brown thing uh, over the last few days, that fact got kind of lost. 
But somebody sent in a photograph, an aerial photograph, apparently, apparently, I say, of Area 51, and it is so good that I have no idea how it was obtained. One source says USGS, but I can't imagine how USGS would get an aerial photograph of Area 51. It could be satellite, but it seems too good for that. It could be Russian satellite, but it seems too good for even that. So I, I don't know. It could have been a private aircraft, but I can't imagine a private aircraft getting that close without getting shot down. So for what it's worth, uh, there is an, a photograph of Area 51. Quite a bit of detail. It uh, bears some uh, blowing up. In other words, you can magnify it before you begin to get pixelated. Pretty good picture of Area 51. Take a look-see. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning, Art. This is Tim. Hi, Tim. Uh, I was wondering, have you seen uh, the televangelist uh, Jack Van Empey's program? No. Okay. He's on a, he has a syndicated show, and it's been quite interesting. The last few weeks he's been uh, making an announcement that uh, the Catholic Church uh, through the Vatican is going to... Uh, be making a startling announcement, as he puts it, in the next uh, week or two, and he's going to be covering that on his show. And I thought it was fascinating. I was wondering if it was going to be tying in with uh, uh, Ed Dame's uh, announcement on the 30th. Well, I guess we're going to find out. But uh, I have it. I have my VCR uh, set to record uh, the next two or three programs that uh, will be airing in Denver. So, uh, if there's any in interesting information, I'll try to get it out. Uh, he's kind of like the Art Bell of Televangelists. Well, you'll have to keep us informed because I can't get him here. Um, he uh, has lots of, uh, what he does is read, at the beginning of his program, he reads the uh, the news of the week or the past several weeks, uh, uh, nation news, nationwide news and worldwide news, and then reads Bible prophecy, how it fits in to the end times and things like that. It's a very fascinating show and uh, one I can tolerate uh, watching real easily. Well, so I'll keep, keep you posted. All right, good. Okay. Thank you. Uh, keep us posted. Uh, first time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. Good morning, Art. This is Craig Carlsbad. Hi, Craig. You're going to have to yell at us a little. You're not too strong here. All right. Is there any way you can get a hold of Prudence without going through Courtney Brown? Um, well, the last word I had on Prudence was from Courtney, and that was yesterday, and he told me that uh, she had resigned. Right. And so I really have no way at all to get hold of her now. Because if you could, you would need to ask her why she resigned rather than simply take a maternity leave of absence. Mm -hmm. well, well, if I could, I would, but as I just explained to you, uh, uh, my contact for her was through uh, Farsight. Uh, so if she's not there anymore, I have no way to talk to her. All right. And, uh, before you have uh, Major Baines back on, could you have him possibly uh, find out uh, through a remote dealing if she is really pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think I'll pass on that one. Okay. I, one last thing. Yes. I've the, the first words from a computer... There, there are three short words, but in order for it to make sense, I've got to spell it for you. So here goes. It's B-Y-P-E-M-Y-B-A-U-D. 
Uh, that would be byte, as in a computer byte, my baud. Right. I, I, got, I got it, as, in, right. as in baud rate. Right. Uh, have a good morning, sir. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Art. Hello. Um, I haven't been listening too long, so I kind of need you to explain to me what exactly is remote viewing. Um, uh, if you will tune in on the 30th, uh, Ed Dames will do that for you, dear, but I certainly don't have time to do it right now. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, yes. It's uh, Norm. Yes, sir. Well, um, I just uh, I got this publication uh, of a book by uh, Duncan Steele, who's uh, an astronomer from Australia. It's uh, forwarded by Arthur C. Clarke. Yes. And it's a lot of really good background information on and the name of the publication is Rogue Asteroids and Doomsday Comets. Would you turn your radio off, please? Oh, sure. Well, or there's going to be a Doomsday Comet that will get us all. Right. Okay. Yeah, well, this one uh, could do it, eh? Uh, uh, the subtitle uh, for Excuse me, what could do it? Well, uh, uh, either uh, the Comet Hale-Bopp or... The no, uh, the Comet Hale-Bopp, sir, will pass no closer than 123 million miles. Right. That's a long way. That's true. But, uh, anyway, the, the uh, subtitle for this book is Search for a Million Megaton Minutes That uh, Threatens Life on Earth. And uh, this guy worked for uh, NASA uh, uh, on the detection and uh, looking for uh, these things and how to deal with them. I see. Well, listen, the uh, threat from uh, comets and asteroids, particularly asteroids, asteroids are really worse. Comets are generally thought to be dirty snowballs. However, asteroids are large dark hunk, hunks of rock generally thought to be uh, rocks basically rocks made up of who knows what but rocks hard and if a large asteroid hit earth um, that would be not good that is going to be the subject of a movie coming up in February I'm sure you've seen the promos first time caller line you're on the air hello 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 oh, Yes, you are. Yeah. Oh, is this art? It is. Oh, I love your show. Thank you. Where are you? I'm in Fair Oaks, California. All right. Would you turn your radio off, please? Yes, I will. Standard instruction number one, when you get on the air, turn your radio off. All right. Okay. Um, yeah, I started listening back in November. I think, uh, the Whitley Strieber show was the first show I listened to. I see. And, um, oh, i got so many things to say. Wait a the thing that I really wanted to talk to you about was last March um, I had a UFO sighting. And my question is, it was in the um, evening sky, dark out. Yes. And I wish I could have photographed it. I wish you could have, too. I know. I didn't even think of that. I've been looking for years, years and years. Um, <clears throat> back in the 60s, some friends of mine had taken some uh, night film down in your area and had taken it to a local um, you know, um, film processing lab. Yes. And, you know, by word of mouth, oh, you should see the pictures we took. And so, you know, friends would go over and view them. And this went on for about four or five nights. And all of a sudden, one evening, these men in suits 
and uh, from MUFON showed up. How they heard about the films, we, you know, we never knew. Yes. Um, they went by, frame by frame, they examined them, they thought they were very authentic. Um, they wanted the films. Uh, my friend said, well, he would, you know, have a copy made, <laughs> and that was the end. We never saw him again. You never saw who again? The films. We went to, you know, took him back to the, um, I don't name the lab, but, you know, a local film lab. They have copies made. Yeah. And they disappeared. Well, why didn't you take the negatives in? Um, I don't know. That wasn't me. That was just, you know, my friends. Well, generally, more, more copies are made from negatives, not from prints. Uh, mm. These are movie films, so I don't know. Movie films. Yeah, you know, like um, 16 millimeter. Or oh, I see. Okay. Well, in other words, uh, uh, you're suggesting MUFON absconded with no. Are you? I guess you're suggesting what the uh, or the lab absconded with them somehow. So it's like the fish story, the big one that got away. Wild card line. You're on the air. Hello. Hi, this is Sue in Flagstaff, Arizona. Yes. I've got um, an answer for your near light speed car question. <laughs> All right. What happens is the light coming out of the car is going to speed the light. The observer will see it at the speed of light, but the frequency changes. It's um, the redshift, the same thing you see on the stars that they have to adjust for. Yes. So if the car is going at you, you're going to see it. It's actually going to be a blue shift. It will be very blue at that kind of speed. And if it's going away from you, it's going to be red. But leaving the car, it's just going to be the, it's always the speed of light, but it's the frequency of the uh, EMF changes. I see. So the light would change in color depending on the direction. Mm -hmm. All right. Appreciate that answer. Sure. Thank you, and uh, have a good morning. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. Hey, Arbel. Yes, sir. All right. Man. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing fine. That's great, man. I've been trying for, like, all year. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say uh, that. You'll discourage people. Uh, where are you? Um, I'm in Bradenton, Florida. Bradenton? All right. Uh, yeah, it's just now getting uh, getting light over here. I'm sure it is. I was out looking for hell, Bob, but I couldn't really see it. But uh, I just want to ask you... Uh, uh, excuse me. If um, you're going to have a guy on, a gentleman by the name of, uh, can I say his name? Can I say people's names? Yeah. First name? Yeah. His name is Drungolo. Are you going to be having him on soon, you think? I don't know. Because um, I read in a newsletter that he might be appearing on your show. Yeah. I I did a sort of a pre-interview with him, and I'm thinking about it. You're thinking about it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, do you have any, like, any date, you think? Maybe? No, I, I have no date yet. Okay. Well, um, well, I really be looking forward to that, and uh, I really enjoy your website. It's really neat. Thank you. And uh, you have a good morning. Uh, you too, sir. Take care. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Art. Uh, Hi. This is Ron from Nashville. Hi, Ron. Um, I just got to reading Courtney Brown's book the night before your show aired with him. Uh-huh. And um, I was wondering when I was listening to him, um, he might have a higher uh, reason for himself, but what about the Federation? The whole point of his writing the book uh, and the Federation telling him was so he could get out the truth to people. Now, what if people don't believe him, how's he going to do that? I don't know. I think it's going to be a, a very difficult mission indeed. He's made it uh, very difficult, and he can't tell us why. So, Right, and I mean, the, it seems like the Federation's purpose would be far above any he, he has had. 
I wish I had answers for you. Yeah. Believe me, I've asked all the questions. <laughs> well, uh, thanks, Art. Just something for everybody to think about. All right, take care. Um, west of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Oh, wow. I'm another one of those can't believe I got through. Sorry. You did. Whoops, um, uh, lost it here. Um, the, the stuff with the uh, with the remote viewing, I think what hasn't been talked about is the fact that the damage has been done, we say, to the listeners. But we've gone out on a limb talking to the people we work with in our neighborhoods, talking about what they consider to be all this weird stuff. And then we get the validation of having talked about it, and then it comes out in the news. You know, see, I told you, our Dale talked about it. Stuff with the frogs being a good example. Right. The comets and stuff. Right. So when we, being good people, have to go back and say, hey, you know, they came out, it was a hoax, we were defrauded, everybody's all upset, you should have heard them going last night, real embarrassing. The ones who were the holdouts, meaning the ones who didn't hear us being right and become Art Bell listeners, uh, they said, they told you, you're right, weirdos, and they stopped listening to what we're talking about. And a lot of us believe that what we're talking about is kind of doing a public service and helping people out for what's coming. So the... the cost also is to... The the, cost, there is a cost, but on the other hand, consider the cost if at some, if, if this had been sort of all washed under the carpet and, uh, or swept under the carpet, I guess, not washed under, sweep it under, and uh, the truth had never come out or had come out in some other way, then there would have been real damage. At least we are now seen as having followed the path as far as we can. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I'm talking uh, more, I guess, in, in terms of why it's uh, still being talked about, why we're so hot about it and it's going on and on and on. Right. Um, you know, we've been made to feel foolish is what it right. is. Not that it's going to change the way that we go about things, but we just had to, you know, say, oh, we got egg in our face, we're admitting it, and, you know, that's the way it goes. Um, the thing with the um, with remote viewing is uh, a what-if for you, real, real quick on the remote viewing thing is uh, when we talk about remote viewing, we heard about it as the government project. The public heard about it, and it was stopped, and, and not going to pay our, use our tax money to pay for this kind of weird stuff, psychics, etc. You don't, you don't honestly think they're not still doing it, do you? That's, that's my point. We know, we say, oh, come on, yes, yeah, sure, the government quit it. If it was working, if it was effective, no way the government would quit it. It just went undercover. It became another clandestine government operation, right? Yes. So my what if is if we take that as the government project is still going on, they never had the stoppage in their work, their research, that the private sector had when they had to leave the project and start their own institutes and such. Mm -hmm. So the government continued with its research. So I'll assume that they're better at it than our private sector, all right, meaning Ed Danes and, and Courtney Brown. Um, given that... Isn't it possible that the government being better at it, knowing that Brown and Danes and the others is a real threat to them, because no more secrets, every other project that's clandestine with the government is going to be exposed. Sure. They've got to do something to stop it. So mind-wise, thought-wise, even though they talk about when someone else is remote viewing, they know it, what if the government has overcome that problem and they're essentially... Um, jamming the circuits for the private remote viewers so that they're getting false impressions and false readings. It would account for why we had the two remote viewers coming up with completely different answers But it doesn't, it doesn't account, though, for a, uh, a fraudulent photograph. No, 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 absolutely not when it comes to that. That's, I'm just posing that as a what-if for us to think about when it comes to... Well, when it, when, it, well, when it comes to remote viewing, uh, you can, thank you, you can imagine any scenario you want. That there's a war of remote viewers going on. 
that they're all colliding out there in the ether, that they're feeding each other disinformation. You can imagine all kinds of things uh, when it comes to remote viewing. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. This is Will from Madison, Wisconsin, having to listen to, and thank gosh that they're on the air, KSD out of St. Louis, Missouri. Yes, Will. Uh, local stations here, and even the big boomer out of a big city, they take you off the air and they put on blah, blah, blah. Good morning like shows, you. yes, we know. And in fact, uh, you know, kind of a laugher, I called into that big boomer because for some reason or other, yesterday at 4 a.m., very unusual for them, they put on somebody else, and then that guy for a whole hour just got one call. I see. Yep. Anyway, listen, what's on your mind? <laughs> okay. Uh, one of my good friends was Emeritus Professor of the Department of Meteorology, University of Wisconsin. Okay. He was the father of the NASA Air Weather Satellite Surveillance Program now deceased, Professor Werner Suomi. And uh, he had some ideas on the causes of our weather anomalies. But uh, as you know, I've uh, looked uh, all over in Europe, etc. cetera, uh, how weather has caused tribes to move about. And you are right on the money, a lot of other people. We may be approaching another, but it's going to be slow, slow process, another mini ice age, weather changes, tremendous changes occurring. We'll have warm periods, colder periods, yeah. and uh, lastly, and very importantly, one of the tribes that may have been forced to move when it got colder, about a 1,700 before the time of Christ, possibly, was a tribe called the Sidoni, the Sedukais, of which there are only 600 left on the Russian side of Estonia, uh, or 300 on that side, 300 on the Estonian uh, uh, side. Uh, I'm running out of time. Okay. Right? They brought the alphabet down to the Near East. They may be the Phoenicians. In fact, may even have been down in Egypt. All right, look, I, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. Thank you very much. Uh, you'll have to continue the tribe story later. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, I, this is Henry calling from Hawaii. Hello, Henry. Hi. I didn't realize I would get through. Anyway, um, I just wanted to make a quick comment about um, uh, the, the comment, Hell Bob, and. Uh, well, go ahead. Well, I wanted to mention um would that affect a lot of the, the weather and a lot of uh, not at all listen at all. i'm going to give you an opportunity from hawaii to say good night america so say good night america good night america that's the way it's done good night cosmos canada america everybody from the high desert good night <laughs>